This is the Great One Piece read-through, episode 12, covering volumes 56 through 61. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. And on today's show, we have a very special guest from Crunchyroll. We have Miles Thomas joining us again. Hey, Miles. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good. How are, how's everything been over there? Things are fantastic over here at Crunchyroll. Everyone's left me alone in the office, so I've had a nice, calm day. <laughs> uh, how's uh, Shirobako doing? <laughs> <laughs> Shirobako does better whenever I tweet about it, so please watch Shirobako on Crunchyroll.com. Yeah, no, I've been I, I've watched the first few episodes. It's a great show. I need to there I need go. to sit down and binge. I think is is the thing. Um, I'm not even the brand manager for that show. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you tell for people who forgot, uh, Miles? What do you, what do you do at Crunchyroll? Sure. Actually, my roles kind of changed since the last time that we talked. So it wasn't, that wasn't very I long am, ago. No, it wasn't. So this has been a pretty recent development. I'm now doing data analytics as my primary role at Crunchyroll. They still haven't even given me a job title, but I do like industry analysis, market competitive, like competitive analysis, stuff like that. And because we operate in something like 185 countries. And so learning all these different markets, knowing about all the shows and what anime fans are like in all these different places, that's now my, my day job. And now the conventions, which were previously my day job, are my night job so they're what i do i still work at conventions but it's not organizing them is not my primary role here anymore which is cool because now i enjoy conventions just a little <laughs> bit more which I, I i'm okay with that's always nice um yeah i i could definitely imagine that being relief uh with the amount of i know you've just probably been at like 10 conventions in the pa- past couple months too we're uh, coming up to 17 or 18 this year yeah jeez uh, well, uh, Miles, I know you're excited about talking about this too. We're going to get into probably one of the most exciting arcs in, in One Piece thus far. Um, we're going to start oh, with yeah. Marineford uh, here. Uh, now, yeah, why don't we, we'll go through the logistics of how we're doing this a little bit later. Uh, we're going to split this into two parts. We're going to talk about Marineford first, then we're going to talk about the flashback that happens afterwards. So, Ed. Uh, why don't we start out in smack in the middle of volume 56 first uh, with chapter 549, somewhere in the middle there. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Ed, you want to start us off? Sure. We got uh, Shiryu and Blackbeard having their little encounter down in Impel <laughs> Down. Uh, this is really, really ominous. Like, I mean, it's lucky. How, I mean, Blackbeard is kind of weirdly lucky, but just seeing him, like, he's got plans, man, you know? Yeah, and... I mean, just kind of going through the generals of uh, this this part of the of the saga. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I love how interconnected everything is, because especially when we get to the war here, uh, the stuff that happened in Impel Down is very important. The stuff that happened um, in Amazon Lily comes back, and Sabodi, Shabandi, uh, whatever the, the archipelago that shall not be named, uh, also uh, comes into this a lot, and so. This Impel Down stuff with Blackbeard is such great setup. Uh, more importantly, what about the setup with Buggy? I mean... Yeah, Buggy is a leader of men. He's leading them with a smile. That's what he's doing. He's leading uh, them with lies and more lies. <laughs> I love Buggy throughout this whole thing. He's just sort of the... Uh, he's like the, the fool jester of the war. Yeah. And when I first read this, I every page i'm like oh oda can't be taking him this seriously as a character you know he's gonna eventually <laughs> you know blow up in everyone's face and he kind of does but not not in the way i expected i expected him to get caught a lot earlier and in a much i mean bigger way. 
and, and they reveal all of Bucky's like past to everyone, and I, I love the reactions from everyone. Like, what? This guy? Um, the weak guy over there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Cro- Crocodile and Jimbe have an interesting interaction over here. Well, he's talking about like how Jimbe can talk to fish, and he basically calls Fishman barbaric, and uh, Jimbe's like, "Yeah, we're barbaric. What of it?" And also, we get a little bit of like Jimbe who we know from Arlong way back when we were talking. I think that's when you were last on, Miles, right? That's right, yeah. Tying it back up with the fishman. <laughs> and it's when they mentioned Jinbei is the one who released uh, Arlong onto onto the East Blue. And so he kind of... I, I like that little thought process Jinbei's having with Luffy because as we learn, Jinbei is like is definitely Luffy's closest ally in, in this in this saga. Um, so it's interesting to remember that there was some sordid history there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I th- there's not much else beyond a lot of buggy stuff and Ace being led up to, to Marineford. There. Well, there's also the, uh, the, the, the phone call from like Navy headquarters that they get on the, uh, the, the ship phone, which Luffy uh, just picks it up. <laughs> yeah. I'm Luffy, uh, King of the Pirates. How can I help you? Uh, pretty much. You remember how long the phone r- the phone rang for in the anime? Around ten minutes, I think. It seemed that way. You know, I don't. Th- we didn't really mention opening twelve, and we're gonna about to come to opening. Hey, great! I forgot about it. Let's not talk. About it. <laughs> but opening thirteen <laughs> isn't is an opening I really like, and I watched it after reading through all this, and I'm like, oh yeah, this uh, this is why I really like this opening a lot. Because um, I this think one it, and the next one and fourteen. Was thirteen the one done by the band who was really like they formed the band to do a one piece opening was that that one i don't they were, remember they were a very new band they were a very new band they were yeah, very into one, one piece yeah mm-hmm. uh what was just, what were they called I can't remember. by that point the anime has been out for 10 years people were kids reading the manga can now make a band and do the <laughs> opening i mean like how cool is that it is uh, no they they were really huge one piece fans i remember I think we talked about this years ago. They uh, went to Jump Festa and performed there, I think, um, this song as commemorative, you know, of this arc. Um, the next one's also one of my favorites. You're right, Ed. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that when we get to the flashback stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, they reveal all this stuff about Buggy. Like, Buggy, actually, he's had a very sort of, like, influenced, like, career as a pirate. He was on Roger's ship. Can we make this our only Buggy discussion? Because he's in the background for this unless you want to talk more about Bucky. Not really. I mean he he sort of just pops in for comic relief. He because in the anime he has like ten episodes of apparently devoted to him. I'm exaggerating <laughs> slightly, but uh ten episodes worth of material. Um why don't we go into chapter five fifty? Now I'm sorry, we're gonna Here be talking we go. a, we're gonna be talking a lot about like what we did in two thousand nine and two thousand ten when we were recapping this. Uh, I tried. I tried to uh, listen to one of the episodes. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I didn't get far into it. You want to, you want to know who was on the Monk Recap that week? Who? It was you, me, Steve, Al, and Jason. Okay, I, I see. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could listen to anything like from before season two of the podcast. Well, Miles, you said you listened to us like during this time, right? Oh no! This is when I was like a One Piece diehard. To prepare for this, I actually read some of my old Arlong Park forum comments on the weekly wow. manga threads. 
Oh, it was really. What, what was your handle? <laughs> oh no, that's not happening. That is not happening. But it was, it was cool to be able to look back at that and kind of get a big perspective on what I did. And almost all of my comments seem to be really related to why isn't Garp playing a bigger role in this? Oh my gosh, we actually get to see all the admirals together. This is so cool. It was just you know fanboyism, and that's that's okay. That's fine. But, you know when I was yeah when I was looking back at the chapters. Uh, especially chapter 550 struck me every single uh image of ace i remembered perfectly like that those images are burned in my head hoda did such a good job just making a very cinematic display of ace and you know the spears in front of him or just him on his knees sengoku standing over him i was the imagery in this in this chapter in particular is just incredible yeah this I, I, I'm like afraid that this episode is going to last eight hours. I don't know. We just started. Uh, because, God, I could talk about this arc forever. I, I love this arc so much. And it's, it's also, just such a conglomeration of things. And it's also, when you think about, like, Miles, like, we, I had a lot of the same comments, I think, like, back when it was happening. But yeah. looking back on it now, what we were talking about didn't really matter. In the no. in the later stu- in the later story, so it's interesting. You know, what do we care about now? That doesn't. It's like we're following like a process story here. We're not we're not getting the plot when we watch when we go through it week to week. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. We only have like twenty pages to look at a week. You do overanalyze those pages, but at the same time, it's really hard to contextualize them in the course of the whole arc. And that could not be any more true than in this arc, where there's so many characters and so much detail. Yeah, and the benefit of six years of hindsight. Uh, so, right. chapter five fifty, uh, we originally entitled "You Are Not the Father." Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I want to mention some good episode wow. titles when we get to them. Uh, so, I was watching a lot of Mori at the time. We, I mean, we get that. We get. Th- this is just going to be the two page, the double page gushing uh, podcast. I apologize. <laughs> you get the the double page of Marine Fur. Then you get the double page of um, all the warlords which to this day it's they are huge like moria and kuma are just yeah. so freaking huge and john and then giant's that one guy, there too and john giant's there and then and then the three admirals as you mentioned which i agree with uh 2009 miles so cool to see um and i then, think they even made figures of them in the chairs like that too i why have yeah, i remember bought that, that? um <laughs> that's <laughs> there was admiral no, light admiral dark and admiral striped <laughs> I should have been so you can tell them, them apart. Um, you can tell them apart because they have e- distinctive uh, faces that look like uh, real life Japanese actors. You know what they don't have though? Different hats. That, we were promised you. different hats. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I mean, if you Miles, sorry. No, it's okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. So. The big reveal here, I think, is uh, Ace's past and poor Gusty Rouge and the 20 months of pregnancy, which is scary to think about, and that he is the son of Gold Roger. Um, do you remember your original thoughts? Honestly, I don't. Like, I was like, what the hell? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess we recorded our original thoughts. Miles, yeah. do you remember what you originally think thought when you got so, that reveal? At that moment, I'm like, are you sure that Ace and, 
Ace's their like their brothers. That was really weird to me that Luffy and Ace were brothers and they were both sons. It felt too convenient at that point. Yeah. And yeah. of course, as we're going to get to a little later on in the arc, it's not quite that convenient. And mm-hmm. I I thought it was just I was stunned for quite a few chapters, so it must have been quite a few months that I I couldn't quite process the the story. Yeah, and I mean, you get a lot of reaction shots indicating that as well. Um, and Garp's and relationship and I, with Roger is also really interesting. In it's that. also interesting to look at Garp's relationship with Suru because Suru's trying to be all kind of Garp about the reveal, and he's like, "It's like, oh, you women are sure are kind." Like, what the fuck, Garp? <laughs> Garp's an old. Yeah, he's an old guy. <laughs> There's something else to really say about that. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but... I, yeah. I have to say, I mean, as we go through this marathoning it, so much nicer than going week to week for this arc. <laughs> well, this, is, this is also the era of 16 and, you know, 15-page chapters. Yeah, they're they're really short, they're, and they're all two-page spreads, so you can read through these quick. Yes. Um, but they're great. Uh, like, especially, like, the first half of Volume 57. Uh, meanwhile, Luffy, while everyone's, you know, going crazy about all that, mm-hmm. uh, Luffy and company realize that the the gates are open and also going through the gates are a pirate fleet of just crazy people that i don't know who their names to this day except for squirto and they have hats though <laughs> i remember we the decalvin brothers here yeah yeah uh no ed go sorry yeah i, mean, I always remember the decalvin brothers because they kind of look like cats <laughs> I don't know how you remember the DeCalvin brothers. I obviously remembered Thunderlord <laughs> McGuy. Um, yes, greatest mustache. That is probably the greatest mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, oh, I, I, lo- I love the guy at the beginning of this chapter. He's like, oh, what a scoop. <laughs> they've, I, and this is not a spoiler at all, but in, they've, I think I've seen that line in future chapters. Or was extra, extra read all about it, I think is actually what I'm thinking of. Um, so you see all those guys, and then... Whitebeard uh, comes out of, not nowhere, but out of the ground. Uh, the water. Out of the, what did I say? The, <laughs> the ground. Comes out of, up from underground. The liquid ground. Yeah, he comes from underwater in one of the coolest entrances. And I love that ship so much. Mm-hmm, the, the Moby Dick. Yeah. Actually, and only the Moby Dick is the only, it's the white one. The white whale. It's the white whale. Yeah, the rest right. of them are blue. Just kind of copies? Yeah. Yeah, well, they're regular whales. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting to look at the relationship between Garp and uh, Roger in this, even though they were, like, such hated rivals, but they respected each other so much that he would protect his child for him. Uh, do you remember, Miles, your, like, first thoughts on White Whitebeard here in the war? I... Oh, it's when you realize that this was going to be the definitive moment of the first half of One Piece. I mean, you it's wouldn't... When... I mean, and also all the Goldie Roger stuff every time you saw him, even just for a single frame, like that was blowing my mind. We had never seen pirates this powerful and they did a really good job of making everything so far seem small compared to this. Yeah. This is really a conglomeration of everything. Um, And I mean, we've been talking about whatever the final war is going to look like a lot. Um, I, I guess it's just this times a hundred, and it's hard to imagine reading through this. I'm like, this this gets really chaotic really quick, because volume 57 is right after Whitebeard arrives, and he just does his earthquake power on the second page of that volume. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it happens immediately. That war starts immediately. Um, and we also get this great little ace flashback, which 
is somewhat easy to f- forget and and you know after everything happens here um but do you guys have thoughts on that flashback uh miles i'll start with you not particularly actually i just thought it was kind of nice and of course in hindsight knowing how the arc ends maybe i should have been a little more careful when reading it the first time <laughs> uh ed it's interesting to th- you know because we see later how ace asked makino to help him like you know talk to shanks like to how to talk to shanks when he meets him and you see him meeting him here and it's interesting that like punk ass ace kid becomes like this respectful adult guy later on but you see the transformation throughout the little flashbacks they have here or how did he say thank how, how was he taught to say thank you as a kid uh no, I don't remember the fake thing that he said. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I like this little flashback, and it's kind of crazy. I was thinking about it throughout, you know, how Ace really wanted to kill Whitebeard and mm-hmm. try to stab him in his sleep and st- stab him in his not sleep with an axe. Yeah. Um, and he fought Jimbei for six days or five days. Yeah, both of those are really interesting little facts. And kind of just his status as an independent captain um and you know it, it's just kind of crazy to think about mm-hmm. uh yeah although go- we never you never see when when he got his devil fruit because he didn't have it when he when he took off yeah i think they who knows it's probably a story to that that we'll never find out um yep. and then at the end of it we have blackbeard being very humble i ain't got no ambition you know i can't believe that yeah he's uh, like uh we, we got the ages for the warlords he's uh He's what forty-ish, thirty-eight. Blackbeard. Yeah, um, I think he's forty-ish. We'll find out when we get to that. Um, I, I think he's one of the older ones. Yeah. Whitebeard tried to prevent Ace from going after uh, going after Blackbeard, but Ace was you know he was wild and ran off after him. But Whitebeard takes the takes the blame anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. the war really goes crazy, and these tsunamis from either side. I remember just that spread. Um, or, or would really begin the war there. And mm-hmm. damn, it just gets crazy immediately. It really does. And I love how you... How do you solve two tsunamis coming at you, Ed? Well, if you're Aokiji, you freeze them. That's it's probably Durr. the way to go. I'm sorry. That, that wasn't immediately <laughs> obvious to me. Uh, There's so many people with crazy powers the- here that you can never know what happens next. So, Which so, has the uh, added benefit of letting people run on the water. Yeah, it kind of it kind of turns everything into like a land fight, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got the guy with the chomp chomp uh, chain chomp, dreadlock chain chomp, dreadlock chain chomp. Uh, you got Vista with his crazy mustache and the guy who looks like Apu but isn't Apu. Then you got, of course, got the vice admirals, including Strawberry guys, yeah, uh, uh, and all the rest <laughs> here on Gilligan's Oil. <laughs> Um, oh, we get Vice Admiral Dalmatian. Okay, well, my who's, why don't we do this? Who's your favorite? Oh, you were about to say. No, no, it's not actually Dalmatian. Although my my MVP as far as like underrated Vice Admirals is Doberman because Doberman's a son of a bitch. Like he is Akainu's little bitch boy. Like he is like the parrot of Akainu's all of his beliefs. Like especially at the end of the war, he's a real asshole. I hate him. Which he's one like, is Doberman? He's got he's got all the scars in his face. Oh. He's one of the five Vice Admirals of the Buster oh, Call. Okay. Oh, yeah. he's the one who, uh, he's the one who cries, uh, I think. No, he's the one who tells the tale of Rob Lucci. No, but in, uh, in a certain movie, he's the one who cries. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so who is your favorite Whitebeard pirate? Oh, man. Oh, uh, Miles, probably... do you have a favorite Vice Admiral first? I should do. I, I have a favorite Whitebeard pirate. I'll go for it. That's for Marco. It. This is a good arc for Marco. I, I don't know. Get... He just... We really nope. hated on him back in the day. We we still no, give I, him butter. I, we still give him butter's voice. I, I remember the entire community kind of being like, "Who is this guy?" But I, I don't know. I, I always thought he was he was one of the most fun characters to watch in this entire arc, and he was brand new. And I'm like, well, I I don't know. I was pretty pleased to just find another character that was so different from the rest of One Piece. He kind of feels like he belongs in a different anime. I think week by week he was a little more frustrating because he was he supposed to do anything. Yeah, it wouldn't do very much. I think overall, it's it's. I don't get that feeling at all. Um, well, he doesn't accomplish much in the war, but I no. mean, no particular character does. Well, he's supposed to protect Luffy, and then he's also supposed to be like protecting. You know, Whitebeard dies, and then Luffy is. Yeah, yeah. Whitebeard gets. To, yeah, he kind of drops the ball a lot. I think that's why. I think that's he, why. I mean, really and, like. and I think we. I think part of the really association with him is that he gets the sea stone handcuffs later on, and those are probably. It's like not my his ha- fault, to be fair. No, but, yeah. but those are like my most hated trope in like One Piece. Yeah, it's like, oops, you got some handcuffs. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ed, who's your favorite Whitebeard pirate? Oh, Vista. Vista. Okay. Yeah, he fights. It's just I don't like the know. mustache. No, it's the it's the sword and his like relationship with Mihawk. This is a tough. I don't know who my. I mean, I Vista's Vista's cool. You'd like anyone with a sword, Ed. I've I've yes. come to that conclusion. It's true. I mean, because everyone with a sword in this story is tied into my favorite character. I do really like Jozu, just because I'm like it's He plays some interesting roles. Maybe we'll talk about it a little later. But specifically, when he comes up against Mihawk. Uh, presents an interesting moment and he gets cut in half but i don't think he stays cut in half so i'm I'm, that power is very curious to me i want to see more about that Mm -hmm. um and yeah so i I guess we kind of covered a lot there actually because we talked about the three people who kind of come at come to play um we get all the giants who also get kind of i didn't realize how strong josie was now i'm Mm -hmm. i'm liking him more and more it's interesting here, like, uh, we get an interesting little interaction between Yamakaji and also being sexist to Suru. He's like, oh, stay back, Suru. He's like, shut up, little boy. She basically says, like, everyone's giving her shit. Suru right. does not take shit, though. <laughs> um, and and we also get the premiere of the Magma Fist. Mm. Before that, we actually get an interesting interaction between Mihawk and Doflamingo. And he's like, are you actually going to fight? But Mihawk is the kind of guy who wants to test his strength against Whitebeard, so he shoots, like, his giant slash at him. Yeah, it's... We don't really... This is the first time we probably have seen Mihawk trying ever. Well, no, I guess when he... (laughs) I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it, because who knows if he's at his, like, full ability at any point. But, um... Mm -hmm. He's definitely formidable. Um, And what did you guys think of uh, Akainu when we first... uh, When we first got introduced to him for real here? I mean, Kizaru is still way more fun to watch. And so just compared to him and Aokiji, he seems like the the least of the three. Obviously, throughout this arc, he would certainly earn his place. But I, I don't know. He just seemed mm-hmm. like a pretty boring character yeah. with Ed? a pretty standard ability. I don't know. I like his ideology makes him a lot more interesting going on through the war. But at this point... I mean, he didn't seem terribly interesting, although I really, really found his power, like, you know, really cool to watch. Yeah, Magma is 
a scary thing in general and something I would not want to be near uh, mm -hmm. in real life. So I think that's kind of how I could judge an ability. Like, for Gecko Mori, it's not quite as, you know, apparent why it's scary because uh, the shadow thing is kind of more, you know, fictional uh, in a way. Um, and so we also get the, uh, the famed introduction of Little Ors Jr., uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a big target. Anything you guys? Oh, and want also, to say? Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, before that, it's important that Jozu like suplexes that whole iceberg there. Oh yeah, I, I, I briefly mentioned that, but yeah, is there anything? Very no, it's just very convenient. <laughs> Jozu can suplex whatever he needs to suplex. Then, um, yeah. So, what what did you guys think of Little Ors Junior? Because he really he makes this very quick and big entrance and exit here very quickly honestly i when i came back to this i thought he was like in the for like 20 30 chapters i thought it was a big part of the arc because i remembered it so well so i i guess that says something about the impact well, what's interesting the flashback is he was more than like three panels too he proves essential later on uh when he blocks the blockade which is essentially the only reason the war would could have even continued past that point. So it's also really, he gets taken down brutally again and again and again and again. Yeah. And but it, he's too, but he's too, he, he's like, he's just too headstrong to not, like, to stop. He's also kind of, I use this word oddly, but he's also kind of this cute character who's like kind of innocent in his own way. He's um, like Forrest Gump. I don't know if I go there that far. Go. There's there's nothing to show necessarily that he's like got any sort of mental issues. He's just someone who I think is very innocent about the world. Mm. Um, but it also proves. I mean, this also proves that or the Ors race still exists. Someone had been mentioning that the Ors race is just a race of giant, a type of giant. Um, but yeah, it is. Well, they're like so much bigger related? than giant. Yeah, maybe. I I have no idea. They're so much bigger than giants, though. Yeah, they're what are they like fifty times or five times or just no, six or two or three? Yeah, yeah, still know. huge. Two yeah. times a giant is big though. Yes, not it's... as big as Ords Ords. Yeah, Ords. That's why he's little Ords. How do you say it? He's tiny little Ords Junior. Um... <laughs> Ace made him a hat out of straw, <laughs> and... which he learned from the people of Wano. Yeah, also interesting to note. Yeah. yeah um whenever whenever we see that um so yeah. dope flamingo gets a bat at him then moria gets a bat at him that's actually the first time we kind of are see dope flamingo's power like that too um mm. yeah that's true and i like how gecko moria's attack i think is actually a gecko going it's a lizard going through him but it, it actually goes closer to his name mm -hmm. than anything we've seen and then doesn't he get struck one more time maybe that's later um and in response, him. I love Whitebeard just crushing one of the giants with ease. I forget. Wands. There it says right there. The yeah, Vice Admiral. Admiral. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and Hancock gets involved here, too. She's taking out Marines and pirates indiscriminately. <laughs> yeah. She... she agreed to fight Whitebeard, and, uh, you know, you're, you'll, you'll forgive me because I'm beautiful. Uh, I, I love <laughs> Hancock's role here back and forth. Uh she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she just knows she's protecting Luffy. She's ensorcelled. Uh, just one particularly brutal scene I want to mention, and it's very short, and it kind of happens in the middle of all of this. 
so Akainu's just walking around the town for some reason, and uh, he notices someone was trying to run away, and so he kills him, uh, for as far as we know, off screen, um, which I thought was this like brutal Ed. I think you were talking about his philosophy. Yeah, I think I think there there was one of the maybe it was Onigumo who did that during the Buster call. He shot a deserter. Yes, you're right. Yeah, him and um, Onigumo and Domerman are like the two from the Buster Call who are like, they have that absolute justice ideology. Uh, I, I also like that we finally get to see Suru's power. <laughs> she can wash people. <laughs> I don't know, it seems kind of weak, but like, she's taking people out, so I don't know. But Ed, the biggest character so far comes in, Whitey Bay the Ice Witch. She has an awesome design. I like that. I don't care. What does she do, though? Do we see her do anything? I don't remember. She has an icebreaker. She breaks through the ice. It's important. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's important. Um, anyway, so there's also some sort of plant going on in the background that we don't quite see for a while. <clears throat> and uh, Ace and, uh, Ace and uh, Garp also have a, a conversation. Well, I mean, you were talking about that scene about the uh, the deserter. Kobe and Helmeppo see that because they were thinking about deserting too. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Running away, and uh, but we get we're skipping all over the place because there's just so much going on. I'm sorry. No, but yeah, you, I think ahead. I think you've like, and we also skipped over Jason's like favorite scene from the manga of all time. The what? Doflami- the Do Doflamingo speech. Do, Doflamingo speech. Yeah, you know, because whichever side of justice, it's whichever side that wins. It's very. Morally, it's a it's a moral relativism from Doflamingo that I appreciate. I mean, as a villain, you know, you know what I mean. I, yeah, I understand. Well, I no, mean, that, it, was, that was one of the best scenes of this early part. It really, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Super interesting. Yeah. Kids who've never known war and and kids who've never known peace have completely different ideas of right and wrong. The people at the top decide what's good and evil. Doflamingo's right. This is true. Um, Whatever country wins in a war gets to write the history books about that war. Makes you think about the war between the world government and the... Ancient know. Kingdom, yeah. yeah. Um, from 900-some years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's, it's true. And it's, it's very applicable in, in real-life situations. Uh, I, I think that is, that is true, because, I mean, we're grow- we grow up in fortunate circumstances, so what's right and wrong to us is different than what's going to be right and wrong to someone in unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, I mean, in this whole arc, it's not like the Marines even seem abjectly evil as a whole, just individual Marines do. And right. I, I think that that, I mean, Garp's a great example of that where Garp never seems like a evil or a bad character. He just has a different sense of justice than mm-hmm. our heroes. Yeah. And I mean, Aokiji's a great example. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, and even Sengoku has a, a very different uh, sort of ideal ideal just of justice. Mm-hmm. And a different sense of hat style. Yeah. <laughs> I like that hat style, though. But it's, like, it's at this point in the volume where you realize that we haven't seen somebody for this entire volume. Who? Who could it be, Ed? Well, he's falling from the sky. Um, some Jozu, because he's diamond, right? So he's falling no. from the sky. Okay. That's... No, that's you Lucy. Want, you want to try again? Lucy is in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> so Luce, Luffy and jo- okay, this joke is terrible, and I'm running it into the ground. So maybe it's Luffy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's great to it's great to see this entrance. I don't know. <laughs> this this is a ridiculous entrance, um, mm-hmm. even for them. And you get an explanation for for why it happened as well. 
Yeah, they were on. They were they got frozen on top of one of the tsunamis. Well, it's kind of funny to have uh, Whitebeard come from beneath the sea, and then Luffy and Co <laughs> come from the sky. You know, every they're being attacked from all directions. Good for that was totally totally the plan. Totally the plan. <laughs> uh, it's symbolic somehow. Yeah. What was great is I completely forgot how this happened. I thought like they got over the gates of justice and flew over it before I read this again, and I'm like. Oh, no. I guess this makes more sense. Yeah, Buggy um, made the gates of justice open with his heaven powers, and I, I just love the entrance. You know, the "I'm here for you" double page. We're going to be mm-hmm. again talking about double pages a lot, um, and I forget how cool it is to have these characters all in one place because we probably will never see them all in one place like this again. Uh, Buggy, Crocodile, Eva, and Jimbei. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and Jinbei has to save all the people who save, fell in the water, all the devil freezers. Oh, right, right. Because I mean, <laughs> who else is going to do it? Uh, and you get the reaction shots from everyone. And what's the first thing that Crocodile does? Tries to kill Whitebeard. I mean, obviously. Um, no, I love the fact that Luffy steps in in there and kind of could easily deal with Crocodile like mm-hmm. that. I think Moria has the best reaction shot of all of this. Okay, well, Moria has that same reaction shot. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a different reaction shot. I was thinking of another reaction shot. No. Um, no, I, I love the crocodile crocodile's role in this arc, and I kind of forgot about it, because we just read Alabaster a couple weeks ago, Ed, and he, he's... It was, like, it was a couple months ago, Zach. Don't... Uh, semantics. Um, <laughs> and I forgot how, you know... He, you know, I didn't forget, I should say, how evil Crocodile was during that arc. Brutally evil. And now he's just, uh, and later on, you know, he, he kind of plays the role of a good guy in this arc. Well, I think kind that was of. kind of. That was, the Crocodile in Alabasta was a crocodile who was, like, beaten down from the New World and complacent and, like, trying to, like, basically just entrench himself and take over this country, but now he has him. Like we see him get ambition, get his ambition back throughout this arc. Actually. I would say the opposite. He was at his. He wasn't at his pinnacle, but he was moving up the rent. You know, he was doing good, uh, good work. I don't know. According to himself, you know, no. But Crocodile's dream is to be king of the pirates. He wasn't going to be king of the pirates by being in the king of Alabasta. He was exchanging his dream for a, weak, a lesser dream. Well, he was trying to just defeat the world government by being king of Alabasta and making his own kingdom. I don't know. It was right, but that's not his real dream. This is, we're getting into something completely different. Um, we're, psycho- we're psychologizing Crocodile, and I, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> psychologizing a word? Yes. Okay. I mean, you look at this, and I mean, not just the Shibukai, but there are a lot of characters who are fighting in this war who aren't really on one side or the other. They're just mostly fighting in a single direction. And, uh, Crocodile is probably the best example of that. No, that's that's that that's very true. There's a lot of gray in uh, in this arc. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the straw hat is, is really a, a big theme as to people recognizing Luffy, not just with Rayleigh in the last and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sabani, but yeah. Whitebeard directly remembers asking Shanks what happened to his arm, so yeah, he gave it up for the new era. So he, so Whitebeard puts two and two together, and he mm-hmm. figures that the hat is from Shanks, and that he's Ace's brother. And I love the picture. <laughs> Look, my little brother has a wanted poster. And anyway, we get that other spread where Luffy and Whitebeard are basically standing on the same mm-hmm. stage. 
Everyone's shocked by this. And Kizaru's like, shall we kill them all? Um, and... <laughs> so, yeah, that's, th let's move on to explosions, more explosions, running, and explosions. Um, I think this is just where things go nuts. Uh, I, I don't know what you guys... Well, just say things that, that, you, that you do really think are interesting during this part, I guess. If there's anything in particular that strikes you. Interactions between Eva and Kuma, and even Ivankov like refuses to believe that Kuma would, you know, give himself over. And it still doesn't completely make sense. I don't really understand his motivation there. Um, Miles, are there anything in this in this first part of the fight that that you particularly love? Well, I was looking at my notes from like I said, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and one thing I really liked was Moria and uh, Jumbei fighting each other. I, again, it's just kind of novel to see. It felt like a crossover manga because every <laughs> every single arc had been pretty separate up until this point, and seeing them all come together was super neat. And then the other thing I just liked is everything Ivankov does. Like he pulls Inazuma out of his hair. Inazuma uses his fruit to cut up the ground and like make a bridge. Like there's so many fun little visual gags that happen on a, on almost every page. Yeah, so that's what I liked most about this part. Ed? Luffy and Luffy like Luffy declaring that even if he dies, he's gonna try and save Ace. Like Ace is trying to like send him send him away basically for his own good, and Luffy's just having none of it. I love that resolve. And, and Ace on the other hand saying, "Look, I, I I'm not gonna fight anymore. I, I accept my fate." So everyone's willing to die, <laughs> which yeah. Whitebeard says a lot as well. Um, and Jimbei says it a lot too. Jimbei too, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at that Jinbei Moria page, and that was just such a cool fight, because think about how long the Straw Hats were fighting Moria just a little while ago. Yeah. And it really shows Jinbei's power here. I mean, of course, he's another warlord, so it kind of makes sense. But... Moria's not fighting on his home turf. There's, like, seawater everywhere. That doesn't help. No. And, and that was interesting to me, because we never really got to see what Moria looked like in a vacuum. We only got to see Moria's world. And I really liked Thriller Bark. It's probably my favorite part of One Piece still. And so to see him with everyone else was really interesting from that perspective. Seeing all these characters, I mean, Crocodile we mentioned, but we, I mean, we basically see and Smoker and Toshigi in the middle there. Um... All these characters who we've seen in other arcs just interacting with each other, and that we see in future arcs. Um, Speaking of characters you see in future arcs, Zach, um, and there's a tiny little diagonal panel on one of these pages where Luffy says, I'm your little brother. And as we, as Oda notes in an SBS later on, they, you can see where they pour the cups of sake. There's a shadow for where a third cup should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not spoiling anything because that's in this part that we're going to be talking about very soon yeah. but yeah no it's uh i love that little touch mm -hmm. that's cute i i never knew that it's what, it's, that's why i love reading the sbs and i try to do it as much as i can when i'm doing this read through uh mostly i do it for the fart jokes and penis jokes um I penis skip jokes this. yeah yeah <laughs> definitely the penis jokes. diamond penis look I wonder how that even works. I don't think it would. Um, that doesn't sound comfortable. Uh, I guess it's not always diamond. Am I going too far into this? Uh, uh, you were talking well, diamonds about diamonds are forever. <laughs> <laughs> so Sengoku also blows the lid on Monkey D Dragon being Luffy's father. Oh so. yeah, I forgot about that as well. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the page. To what of... end? I don't know. I think he did it as like. I don't, I don't know. Maybe just to get like people why to raise the stakes on Luffy? I don't I don't get it. 
it confused it still confuses me now yeah. why they were kind of legitimizing the enemy in that way even saying that you know uh ace's true father i thought that was kind of dumb maybe as a propaganda piece but that's even exactly so, what it was i think it was a propaganda piece against him because i guess well, they figure more bounty hunters in the future would go after him and people in the present would i don't know I mean, Sengoku has this whole, like, plan from the beginning where he's trying to goad Whitebeard into, like, attacking by, leaky, like, leaking information that the, ex- the execution's gonna go on earlier than scheduled. So, stuff like that. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at that panel with the galaxy wink from Evenkoff. It is just... I mean, you mentioned it a little earlier, Miles, but that's nightmare fuel. Um, <laughs> or... The, where, the one where he has, like, 50 faces on the yeah. in a single panel? Yeah. So good. I, lo- <laughs> I love Evenkoff so much. Um, and we also get, like, little... I, it's basically, um, like, fan fiction fights, I feel like, a lot of this arc, in a good way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a good way. So, I mean, you get Jozu versus Doflamingo. You get... I'm sorry. Jozu versus uh, Crocodile. Um, you get Jozu versus... Um, Mihawk versus Luffy, which almost... That was the big one. That was well, so... I that, mean, that's that's quite a ways away still. There? No, I think we're around there. I'm around there. Yeah. Ed. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a little further back still. Um, well, Ed, <laughs> I, like... I guess before we get there, are there any other moments you'd like to mention? Yes. Buggy. Uh, Whitebeard condescending to Buggy is hilarious like oh yeah they, every part. you can get buggy to do anything by flattering him shanks does it later on like by uh promising to give him a treasure map he's just such a sucker well he Whitebeard realizes you know buggy has a bunch of powerful guys who are mm-hmm. aimlessly following him for some reason um mm-hmm. and we get um hancock like kicking through smoker's weapon when he's trying to take down luffy oh yeah really she breaks it yep yeah uh any other moments these are. This will be Ed's corner of moments that <laughs> Ed's corner of moments we skip through. Yeah. Well, Hancock got the keys to Ace's handcuffs. Oh yeah, um, that was Chekhov's key. That's what we called that back in the day. Which is funny because it ended up being not that it, at it all. Did, no, it was. <laughs> it was not any of that. Um, Doflamingo is the one who spills the beans on Vegapunk turning Kuma into a fully weaponized human, as opposed to like having any humanity left. It's interesting. Yes. Um, just some, uh, episode titles since we're here, and I forgot yeah. to mention them. Uh, so we talked about Little Oars Jr., so of course there's Up the Creek Without an Oars. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. Uh, we've got, no, I'm not mentioning that one. There's, I guess there's not a lot of other ones that I could tell that were that funny. But that one pun is worth it. Yes, that yeah. one pun was worth it. I thought we did more Oars jokes than that, but I guess we just did the one. Uh, just on the show, I guess, not in the title. There's some more that come later, but I'll, I'll yeah. wait to mention them. Um, <laughs> we so get one the, of the cool uh, things about... Yeah, go ahead, Miles. One of the cool things about this this whole arc is that it's all televised for the rest of the characters to see. In all the other parts, you don't really get a good perspective on what the rest of the world thinks. I mean, occasionally they'll do a cover story afterwards or something, but you get real-time reactions from, like, the supernovas and people around the world about what's going on. And that's really funny because Buggy keeps looking like Jesus Christ <laughs> on TV. Or, no, he's, like, like doing he's that smirk, like, around the world. I'm, hey, I'm Buggy. You may remember me from such attacks as Marineford. <laughs> 
basically just <laughs> so like it's the Troy mugging the, of, uh, of the mugging war. Mugging for the camera. He knows what he's doing. Um, okay, so let's talk about Luffy versus Mihawk. It's short, but it's oh so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. and he cuts that whole he cuts that whole tsunami, like, and Luffy actually starts to get his like observation going where he like sees that Mihawk would cut his arm off. So is off. that what that is? Because I remember when we were doing the manga recap for this, we're like, what the hell is going on? Why is he thinking it and why are we seeing it like that? Um, yeah, I guess that I guess that is what that is, observation hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, you forget how extremely powerful Mihawk is. I feel like even at this stage, he's a uh, more powerful than like 90 95% of the people here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buggy Buggy gets uh, Buggy is able to survive getting cut cuz he's able to s- separate himself. Buggy is is Mihawk's perfect adversary. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, the Enaru to his Luffy. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's someone he's way more powerful but he can't defeat him. Um when Mihawk bats his little tiny bomb back in his face, it, that is one of the funniest panels. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That expression on his face is so good. Yeah. Uh, what's what's next, Dad? <laughs> I just love this line. Thanks, Buggy, I'll never forget you. <laughs> Luffy says that. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird line from Luffy. So we get yeah. a lot of Oda panels going over what's going on and how it's just nuts and chaotic. Um, Sengoku orders them to shut off the broadcast. All that matters is that we win. And why are they shutting the cameras off, Ed? There is an army of Kumas, Zach. And I guess they don't want them to see that. Um, That's where, I think we called it, like, the shit hitting the fan moment. Um, Actually, we probably called every chapter the shit hitting the fan moment. (laughs) But this is where the shit was, like, in the fan and making it so it couldn't move anymore. Um, What's that thing that Greg said a few weeks ago? uh, Do you destroy the fan? The shit has hit the fan, and the fan has fell down, and it's just... I don't know. I, we're yeah. taking this too far again. That's That's been my thing this episode, apparently. Um, I... That was so nuts. Uh, just that whole... Oh my god, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had blown up how much damage a single pacifista could do before this, and then to see, like, 20. And then you see them doing their thing, and I think... One of the spectators, uh, you know, describes how it just looks like hell, um, or it looks like just something from another world. It and it really does, cause it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just it's just so nuts once they enter the fray. Um, although you do kind of forget they're there after a while. Um, yeah, they just sort of keep they sort of keep um, they just keep fighting. They're like destroying everything. Yeah. Luffy just keeps getting knocked back, and I think Jinbei rescues him a couple of times. Yeah, Luffy... Remember, Luffy's been fighting since Impel Down constantly, um, which comes back uh, as a major plot point a little later. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, should we talk about the last page, or is there anything you want to talk about before that? Well, they mean, the plan to turn off the broadcast did not work, because Bucky's still mugging for the camera. I mean... The the, the one that he stole, which is just... uh, But this guy, uh, Squard... Comes back and, you know, you know, Whitebeard had been trying to get a hold of him, but uh, it's time for him to join the battle, but he's not going to join it on the right side. He stabs Whitebeard right in his six-pack. 15-pack, you mean? or six No, pack? I mean, yeah, it's not that big. It's just very large muscles. Well, depending on the page. <laughs> uh, what did, do you remember he does, when you like, guys... He crunches between panels. Do you remember, remember when you guys thought at that moment? Yeah. 
I remember thinking people might die. You forgot that happened, Miles? I totally forgot this happened. Yeah, I mean... Like, 100%. It was super <laughs> big at the time, and then in retrospect, you're like, that really didn't matter at matter. all. No. But it was... I mean, looking at it now, the imagery is... Everyone has a reaction to it for a reason. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that it looks like the tides are turning against the pirates, and everyone sees it on TV, and that's... And it's the strongest man in the world getting stabbed through the chest by one of his own allies. It's pretty shocking. Now that we're in between volumes, you want to talk about the 57 and 58 volume covers? Good, good, yeah. I, f- I forgot to mention that. Uh, Ed, do you want to start us? What, what did you think of 57? I love, like, it honestly makes more sense with the title of the next volume. But this, I love the imagery here. I just love Whitebeard's big face. I don't know what else to say about it. And the fire in the background. I don't know how I feel about the blue scale. I mean, it's fine. But I don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I like the cover a lot, though. I mean, anything with Whitebeard's face on it, I'm, I'm for. Yeah. But uh, Vo- volume, volume 58, though, I could totally get. Go. Yeah, that that is a cover. Um, is this the first time Garp's on the cover? No. I, I think it might be. 45, I think he was on. The one with. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. Sorry, we've just been doing all these. You can That's just rattle that off. Oh, yeah. He, I yeah, own this, in the front cover, there. this volume. Uh, yeah, I'm well. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great cover anyway. It's got all, everyone I care about. Everyone that's important. And you can't even see the seagull on Sengoku's hat. That's the, How sad. Well, the seagull symbol is at the top under the logo. So I guess that's it's not as good, I'm going to be honest. No. And like the white beard pirate's logo is also hidden. Or not hidden, but it's right there in the background on 57's cover too. Yeah, so and it's kind of like, like a villain's like hero and villain ones that we get. Except... It's Whitebeard and Marines, it's like right. kind of, with Luffy on both of them. Um, but yeah, I love the title of this volume as well, 58. This, the name of this era is Whitebeard. I just love that line when it comes up in the volume. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess uh, we should we should start with reaction shots, specifically Morio's. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing much else to say about that. Uh I, I remember Whitebeard's reaction to, to Squared being especially poignant there, where he just, you know, he gets down mm-hmm. and, and he hugs him. I guess I should first say why he did it, right? Ed, do you want to... Right, because uh, Gold Roger destroyed Squared's crew, and uh, the the Navy lied to Squared and told him that, you know, Whitebeard's going to sell out all his allies so that he can save his son, Ace, and make him the Pirate King. And uh, Squared was, you know, he was he felt betrayed, but... He, I can't believe he still. I still can't believe he honestly believed that 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 marine. Although he, I guess he was still in shock from learning about. Uh, well, you know Ace's who the marine father. was, and right. It was Akainu. Okay, yes. I just want to make sure that you don't have to hide it. I mean, people here have read it. It's um, it's pretty messed up, and the screen goes off during that, and you have that frozen buggy there, um, and frozen in carbonite. <laughs> Uh, it's it's great. It's all great. And then uh, the encircling walls that we mentioned. Uh, but I just want to say Marco raises a very important point that Whitebeard could have seen that coming. I think that was our first indication that Whitebeard really intended to die here. Yeah. Yeah. Like on, on purpose. I think I think he went into this knowing that this this was it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it in the most manly way, as, as we've said time and time yeah. again. But you can't condemn a, a child for the sins of his father. No, he says no. Yeah. Um, and I love this. And then lo- he reiterates. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Miles. Please. 
And then Whitebeard reiterates that everyone's going to, you better be ready to die if you're going to keep going from this point on because if there's that level of betrayal that it's going to get worse as the situation gets more dire. They're really setting us up for death here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... And I was so convinced no one was going to die. <laughs> uh, you, you see, if it were a normal One Piece arc, you'd definitely be correct. Um, however, this is... I think at this point, even everyone on our podcast was thinking, yeah, Whitebeard's going to die. Yeah, we were a little less sure about Ace. I think I was I, I think a big we thought we thought Ace was going to get saved. I'm... We, I don't think, until it happened, I don't think we believed Ace would die. I think we waffled a lot on it. I think one week we'd be like, oh yeah, he's going to die. And the other week we're like, no, nah, he's fine. Especially it's when not it a, gets It's to not a, a strong point. belief. It's not a strong belief. Whitebeard, I, I think. I mean, during yeah. the reading, during the reading, I'm like, what if he actually does kill Ace? That would be such a big deal. But Oda would never do that. <laughs> and that's kind of where I was at until, you know, you see it. We'll talk. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that in depth because that's those. That's a very big moment in the series, um, and I, I just love Whitebeard entering the fray here because I mean he basically was just you know wrecking shit up you know but from atop his perch and and him getting just into the battle just starts this whole I guess the second half here of this fight and you get these just beautiful looking two page spreads here. I one of my favorite. These are still like. To this day, some of my favorite two-page spreads of just the water tilting. Mm. I don't even know how to describe that. The island tilts, but he also fucks up John Giant really good. Yeah, but I just mean, like, he messes the ocean up even, like, mm-hmm. even beyond the island. I don't even know how to quite describe it. Um, but, yeah, he, he does mess John Giant up pretty good. And the admirals do the, the Macarena, as we called it. <laughs> the Admiral Macarena. I'm glad that I have all. I remember a lot of these puns off the top of my head. Well, that was an episode title, wasn't it? Right, those are the only ones I remember off the top of my head. If I'm saying it, it was probably an episode title. Yeah. Um, and then that wall goes up, and I never noticed this, but Whitebeard does punch John Giant right in the dick. <laughs> Look at that! <laughs> right, it's on the same page as the Admiral Mock. Does he? No, that was. It looks like it's in the stomach. That is a lot closer to his legs. Uh, I'll take your word for it, Ed. Um, <laughs> oh, on the second page, I see now. That that's yeah. gotta hurt. That would, you know, that would fit. I've been reading those SBSs, and that would definitely fit uh, Oda's humor. I think. Uh, Swipeyard, a cheap shot. on your dick. <laughs> what is, what is that? Wish we could name these. That's 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 a sex move, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then we get the magma fists from the sky, which just kind of reminded me of like. I don't know, like some sort of like 80s sci-fi movie, I feel like. It reminded me of Gurren Lagann. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but that was in space. Just, yeah, Rocket Punch, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, it is like Gurren Lagann. Um, it, God. At this point, I'm thinking, how is this a weekly manga? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we did it. Um and you also get reaction shots from all of the the supernovas who are heading mm-hmm. heading out because the cable got cut. Uh, yeah. Damn you, Time Warner! Um, <laughs> and you see, Bonnie is. I think Bonnie is like the one who's really really upset. Yeah, what was she? Was she in this part? I don't even remember. Yeah, she's in one panel. Okay, um, and then and then we get like the result of the magma and it destroys the ship 
And Whitebeard tries to punch through the wall, and the wall doesn't move, which is crazy to think about. I don't know what the hell that's made of. Um, Maybe it's got sea stone in it. Yeah, and we see Orr's blocking, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, blocking the encircling wall. And Luffy's dramatic entrance, as seen on the cover of this volume, uh, in front of the three admirals. Kind of amazing he survived this in retrospect. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's in, in front of three people who mm-hmm. definitely could beat him in a second. Yeah. Uh, and they, they uh, you know, the, he gets a little one over on them, but he doesn't really do much. No. Um, and you're... The stamp gathering is pretty cool. I, I, anticipating that Aokiji would freeze the, the, the mast, but... You also get Doflamingo versus Crocodile, the fight we've all been waiting for. Um, and I remember the jokes we were making here where Doflamingo, like, was really trying to get Crocodile on his team. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Crocodile's like, hey, you want to be my subordinate? <laughs> These people are not compatible. No. As similar as they may be, they are not compatible. Um, and meanwhile, there's another ship that is a paddle ship, and Ors throws it into uh, the plaza, mm-hmm. uh, th- making things slightly more chaotic. Um, and you just get those great panels of Whitebeard messing shit up again, um, mm-hmm. over and over. I don't know. Did anyone else notice that like the space between panels got larger in this volume? Yeah, they started doing that border thing. Okay, it's not just me. No, it's not just you. I no, I didn't notice that. I, it's just this volume though, and I don't know mm-hmm. why. Maybe it's because of all the two-page spreads. I begin. I think that's probably what it is, but <laughs> it kind of ruins the ruins it a little for me. I think a little bit. A little I mean, bit. there's excessive border. A little too much border. Um. So okay, I think we gotta. I think we gotta move move through this uh, at a little bit more of a pace because mm-hmm. things just continue to get crazier and crazier. There's a great color spread right here. The Battle Fruits Nine. That's one of my favorites. Really? Oh yeah, I like that one. I think it's like a Tokusatsu thing. This is when they did three in a row. You had this one, the watercolor one, and the Strong World one because that's when the movie was coming out. For the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm actually sitting right under that uh, the cola. One. I get it. You have all the color spreads on your wall, Ed. It's, it's summertime, man. <laughs> Gotta drink some cola. Oh my god. Ed, we get it. You have the calendars. <laughs> Every week with this. I'm surrounded by beautiful art. I feel like we're an old married couple, and I'm just trying to get you to take down that damn calendar. Um, sorry. It's like, that's, it's like that sketch from SNL with Chris Farley reading from the Zagat's Guide. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so we get a couple fights here. I'll just say the fights we're getting. If there's stuff you want to mention, we please interrupt Ace's me. Ace's Tears. Yeah. Um, All the time. That too. Moria uh, and uh, Jozu versus Aokiji a little bit. Um, we get, is that Dalmatian, I'm guessing, versus Luffy? Yeah, he's the giant with the dog power. Yeah. Um, and it's reminiscent of the Luchi fight, I think, just because it's like the same kind of moves. Um, yeah. It's the finger pistol. Which still doesn't sound right. And then I like when Ki- I like when Kisaru says to Luffy, "Guts aren't alone. Uh, guts alone aren't enough to save him. That's to save someone. You have to. You have to actually be strong." And Luffy also gets shot. Yeah, he gets shot through the chest. He mm-hmm. he does not do well here. And, and he got stabbed by Okiji a little earlier on too. And Whitebeard like picks him up by the legs, like examining him. It's <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> um, and just tosses him aside. Saying you know protect him, but uh, 
I think he's, or what is it? Uh, you pathetic young fool. You're all mass and spirit. You talk too big. I love idiots like you. Mm-hmm. Um, then he was like, see, I told you this would happen. Look at look how big his face is. It's the size of the wall. It, it's like t- it's like ten times the size of Jinbei, and that's not including the hair. It's um, it's a really crazy panel, and, and even Whitebeard, well, he doesn't have a reaction to it, but he he's, he's dwarfed by the size of that head. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get a brief Whitebeard versus Akainu thing, and then you just get like vignettes of everyone fighting, and Kobe, even. Is this Kobe's part here? Or did I skip through Kobe's yeah, part? Yeah, Luffy punches Kobe in the face. I skipped through that. Do you want to talk about that, Miles? Besides, is there... I might be ahead of you. You well, might be a just, little. Yeah. Again, it's a little one-page story, and I, I I don't know. It's nice seeing Kobe still have ambition and have it get completely crushed in a single punch. Good stuff. Yeah. Character development. No, it is. It is character development. Mm-hmm. Um Actually, I mean, I was a little further behind than that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm a little further behind, but it's okay. Because um, yeah. this is chaotic as hell. We're trying to make sense of it, but it's still chaotic <laughs> as hell uh, to describe everything that's going on here. Oh, here we get the flashback, the first flashback to little kid Ace, like, wondering whether or not he should live. And, like, being told by people that it was, he'd be better off if, like, Roger, if, like Roger's son just died. You know. And, like, Ace almost kills some little street kids because they talk shit about it. Well, Miles, you kind of... When we started going through this, you were kind of saying, you know, I want to see Garp do more. And I really think, in a way, this is kind of Garp's arc. Because um, he really has to deal with the imminent and uh, destined, almost, you know, death of, of one of his uh, grandsons, really. Like, someone he, quote-unquote, helped raise, even though he was pretty absent, if you, if you ask me. Um <laughs> And it, this little vignette uh, Ed was talking about definitely goes to that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also then, shows off that he's got that rad uh, flower print shirt. Yeah. No. So <laughs> the thing is, Garp has a really good story arc in this arc, but it's, again, really hard to see on the micro chapter by chapter level. Exactly. I think that's. I think this arc uh, benefits significantly from marathon reading or watching. Is there any arc that we haven't said that for? Um, I think th- at the same time, it was a ton of fun to read week to week because it's mm. every week you were like, whoa, what the hell? What's going to happen next? Um, mm-hmm. This is, by the way, Marco does something was one of our episode titles. We could call what happens next. Marco is <laughs> handicapped and no longer can do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, they get distracted when Whitebeard coughs up blood. So Josie takes it from Aokiji and... Uh, Marco gets it from Kizaru, and they're just... It, that's that's really when Akainu takes the upper hand. And well, this is just where the, the Marines start taking the upper hand. Like, Whitebeard yeah. clearly starts uh, losing control here as, like, all the Vice Admirals start stabbing him and shooting at mm. him. Yeah. Um, and he just says, Look, I'm Whitebeard. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna get the, get you all the hell away from me. And he's still a sword mm. sticking out of him. It's just... The badassery of Whitebeard cannot be understated. Yeah. And Luffy demands the power to be able to fight now, so Ivankov gives him... It's like, I have it your way, and gives him the hormones again, and he freaks out. It's, um... And he not only does he freak out, is once he runs into the uh, battlefield, when Ace is going to be prematurely executed, uh, he his uh, Conqueror's Hockey comes out there, a little bit accidentally, because he doesn't know what mm-hmm. he's doing, and shocks everyone. Um, 
I think that is that when they oh no they said dragon the revolutionary all the way at the beginning this would have yeah. been the time to say it I feel like if they were gonna right reveal. after and and actually right after he gets the hormones is when he punches Kobe yeah well you're now you're the one who's behind it um, <laughs> so that's when Whitebeard decides to get everyone to assemble around uh, around Luffy after the conquerors uh, hockey we get kind of reactions from everyone. And Whitebeard decides to back everyone up here. And then we get, I think, your favorite scene, Miles. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there, there's just a, the wine glass is really what does it over that. I was also pretty obsessed with Ivan Kov and Inazuma at this point. I thought they were the funniest things in the world. And like, Rightfully even so. Before, they're, they're great. No, they're so funny. And the reaction faces... But even before you see uh, Inazuma come out of the hair, you see just a glass of wine. And it's like, that guy knows what's up. And then the scissor, scissor fruit cuts concrete in the dumbest way possible. It just doesn't <laughs> feel even like a cartoon. It just feels <laughs> like One Piece. Nothing else would do something like this. But you also get you also get your other wish, Miles, that Garp does something. Garp does something. <laughs> yeah, and I, this, is, this is kind of the culmination of, of the Garp story we have here. Um, and it's this really sweet and like kind of quiet moment in the midst of all this chaos, um, where Garp kind of realizes what's really important and it's not necessarily his job, but it's his family. And he takes a punch from Luffy in the face. He closes his eyes and he lets him, he basically lets it happen. And, um, I really, really, really like that moment. Um, that's a really good page. Yeah, it's it's just like it's. I think that's a super crucial moment uh, in this arc, obviously, but um, it, definitely for both those characters. And you look at Luffy right after punching him, and he hasn't lost a shred of determination. And I think that that speaks just so loudly to his conviction that he does not. It doesn't face him. Well, it's that, and also his grandfather has punched him more times than I could count. <laughs> And thrown him into the wilderness and attached balloons to him and well, we also and, and now we also get like the Buddha Sengoku. Like he, we find oh, out his yeah. power. Oh my god. And then then the, the key gets broken. What and, did they, and what do they call Sengoku's power in the SBS? I forgot. Like his hair looked like raspberries or something. Something um, like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, and yeah, then the key gets broken and you think the key is going to do it, but Mr. Three's there. And I love that you could actually, you know, you see him earlier on if you, if you know, it's coming um, like background. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's <laughs> there and he's dressed as that soldier guy. And, and it's important that. that actually that crocodile save like took out the other executioners before that. So they had to bring in the, the ringers. Right. And the ringers just happened. One of them happened to be Mr. Three. Yeah, he was uh, he was in position there. But Ace is freed, man. Yeah. And this is when I was like, OK, maybe he won't die. Yeah. Um, and then he becomes Marty McFly. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, uh, yeah, don't celebrate yet. You get some really cool and important panels of Ace and Luffy fighting side by side, which is sweet. Uh, some of the best perspective Oda's done. Yeah. Um, like, I, really cool stuff. They, I, they I agree. do not capture that in the anime very well. This is this is the one chapter where I sit, you know, where you can easily show it off as this is why the manga experience is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Which it also, is, yeah. I, I love true. that Doflamingo is like, we should let him go. It would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, him and Akainu clearly don't agree with that. Anyway, uh, Whitebeard also decides this is probably the time to leave, and I, I'm just gonna... Or, this is the time for me to die and for you all to leave. I'm just well, it's gonna... also because is trying to give up his life, and you won't let him. Right. And he decides to just destroy uh, Marine Headquarters. Time for a little bit of an interlude here. As I mentioned, some other uh, episode titles, because <laughs> they, come in, they come into play here. Uh, it's All in the Hair. Uh, was one yes. of them yes. for Inazuma there. Um, we had uh, a lot of Whitebeard titles, including Whitebeard House, Barba Blanca, <laughs> Porque. Uh, I don't remember why we did that in Spanish, but okay. Um, and the name of this podcast is Whitebeard, and that's because the name of this era is also Whitebeard. Um, as we get into this kind of... <laughs> I, lo- I love that monologue he gives at the end. Like, no ship can carry him into the new age. These are his final orders. Ugh. Yeah, and and he is a relic of the old age, and the old age was definitely more awesome than anything you could imagine because Whitebeard is 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 like that, and so this is the moment that Akainu takes. Uh, well, after Ace thanks Whitebeard, which is also a really important moment, asking Whitebeard asks him, "Are you happy? Were you happy with me as your father?" And he says, "Of course," um, which is this really touching moment um, between the two of them. Um, which I think Oda had been doing a good job of in the background. There's all these like little character development things that he that he put on there, um, mm-hmm. and that is when the Marty McFly moment happens, which is what I, what I'm calling this. Uh, when Akainu basically calls Whitebeard a lo- not basically he calls Whitebeard a loser. He calls Ace a coward. He calls all the Whitebeard pirates cowards. You know, your real father was the winner, Ace, stuff like that. Whitebeard will die a loser. And I love how they kind of explain this away in the flashback, because otherwise this would be inordinately frustrating, which it was when when I read it. It's like, oh, come on, just (laughs) run. What are you doing? You know you can't beat him. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, Ace sacrifices himself uh, for Luffy. And we do a whole episode on this that will do much more justice than what we're going to do going through it quickly here. But I'll ask now, what were your thoughts when you saw the Magma Fist and originally, and, and what are they today? Uh, Miles, do you want to go first? I'm getting really emotional just looking at this again, to be honest. I I knew the moment that you saw the fist go through Ace that he was dead. I was really careful during this arc to read the chapters first before I jumped in the discussion. Yeah. And I was really <laughs> glad I did for this one because I knew that Ace would be the first death at this point. And I, wow. I... I this is good storytelling. I mm-hmm. I really thought that this chapter did a good job building up to this moment without ever making me think before it happened that it would happen. Ed? Yeah. Uh, it, it was like, it was so crushing. It's like, there's no coming back from this. You know? Like, it's like we're going to finally, because we, we, we had how much, how many, thir- what, 13 12, years? 12. 12 years. 12 years later. Of uh, no deaths in One Piece. People don't die in One Piece, but now they die in One Piece. So That happens once every 12 years. Now. Twice, <laughs> twice every twice. 12 years. Mm. Um, one of, like, I, and someone remarked upon this. I, I forget uh, who on Twitter, I apologize. Just, like, how well drawn that final page is with, with Ace, the thank mm. you for loving me page. 
which is yeah. heartbreaking. But they get the, the the smile and the frown like on his hat. Yeah, it's just mm. there's so much. It's such, and I know I know there are a lot of Ace fans who are probably skipping over this part. Uh, but there are, <laughs> it's it's so well done and it makes you really care about this death as Luffy would. And there's also those little touches like the the smile that you mentioned uh, there, Ed. Um, mm-hmm. That it it you realize of course. Uh, that Oda had been building up to this the whole time, and that this is a very pivotal moment in Luffy's character. Um, mm-hmm. And he does a good job with it. And, like, he drops a whole bunch of things in this. Like, he's talking about, it reminds me of Sabo. You know, if I didn't have a little brother that needed to be taken care of, I would have given up then. And, uh, yeah, he would have given up after Sabo. Interesting. And if you ever see Dodon again, give my regards. Yeah, I, I love those little... <sighs> yeah. And now I've talked to a lot of fans of One Piece that are like, Okay, I read this. I had to stop. It was too much. Or I saw really? this coming. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, who uh, works at Otakon, uh, Piro, who we've talked to before, um, she had to stop here. It was just too much. Hmm. Um, I've talked to other people that that was the case, too. Like, this this arc, I think, just wrecked them a little bit too much. Um, I mean, wow. personally, I think that's a huge mistake because also the flashback to follow is really gives so much to this moment mm-hmm. that it's... yeah but then the three years following it yeah the... fishman island not necessarily the most popular arc in okay piece. well yeah well we'll talk about that next week let's see if mm. let's see if we still believe that I'm, I'm hoping that i could change my mind slightly but you're probably correct miles um you see luffy basically dies inside and jimbei has to save his life after like his like his eyes go out basically yeah, and it you know, oh, and makes that's sense. so brutal. Yeah. And he's been fighting for, like, the the whole day, two days, however long it's been straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and impelled down to Marineford, and it just finally catches up to him. And, and we were kind of predicting what would Luffy's reaction be here. And in retrospect, this is the only one that made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, can I also mention that half of Whitebeard's face gets melted off? <laughs> yeah. In the anime, it's half of his mustache. I, I hate oh. that. What a cop out. It's not like he's going to need it anymore. The mustache? <laughs> no, the face. Um, it was I'm just, just saying. It was the most badass <laughs> moment, I think, in a while. Just the Well, first off, Whitebeard just goes crazy on uh, Akainu. He's, he gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where afterwards, people are like, oh, you're still alive, Akainu? After... Um, which is somewhat surprising. After Whitebeard pummels and White, him. Yeah, Whitebeard splits the ground and he's on one side and everyone, all the other pirates are on the other side, so he wants to make them run. Yeah, he wants to you say, okay, this is this is it. And then, okay, so Ace is dead, Whitebeard has ha- half his face melted off. How could it get crazier than this? Um, Introduce a bunch of new characters. <laughs> uh, the Blackbeard Pirates return. What the fuck? Um, the guy is huge. Sandwell Wolf is to this day <laughs> one of the weirdest characters looking yeah. wise and he's the size of an entire island and his face is shaped like Onigiri. Um it's, it's more like it's shaped like a chestnut kinda. <laughs> I was it looked it looks just like Onigiri, doesn't it? I thought that's what it looked like. Maybe che- maybe a chestnut. I don't know. Either way a it's peach? weird looking. Yeah. They finally maybe Oh, they finally peach. noticed us. So you wanna run down all the new Blackbeard Pirates? Uh, you got Pizarro. Um, Pizarro! 
<laughs> Didn't you just make that joke <laughs> on a podcast last week? Yes, um, I do it every time. He is a weird-looking guy. Um, He's like a cat. Vasco shot. Not much to say about him other than he has earrings on his short neck. Uh, <laughs> I want to... I've been mentioning all my moon theories, so why not with Crescent Moon Hunter uh, Katerina Devon? I'm kind of curious what her connection is there. Um, he get impelled. I think her name in- should have a, a few more names in it. <laughs> Crescent Moon Hunter. That's that's just. Is that really a title befitting such a woman? She's she's, enrapturing. It looks like Blackbeard's sister. With <laughs> the same nose. Or like Blackbeard and Usopp's like. <laughs> a legitimate child or something Got i don't it. know um of course shiryu we know um i guess yeah. it's all of them <laughs> yeah impel down is all fucked up so uh, and they let uh, they we later find out they let uh a lot all the level six prisoners go and they made them all fight to the death and they took the ones that survived but um, i, I just i want to I, I mean it makes sense to bring this up now but uh, they the world government's like yeah you have to cover all this up Sengoku you can't actually put wanted posters out for the people who escaped he's like oh what the hell Sengoku is just so stressed that, out that's it's like the one that's like the straw that broke the camel's back it's like why he quits at the end I think well the funny thing is at the end of the day the Marines win this I think that's fair to say but Sengoku just has the worst day <laughs> he's just <laughs> not having fun here. Um, at least enjoy yourself. Look at Blackbeard. He's having fun. Uh, destroying stuff and... He, like, tries to take out the entire island. He, like, splits the justice a little bit. And he tries to take out, uh, Whitebeard, and he's like, ah, now you don't have a devil fruit ability, but he just, Whitebeard just stabs him through the neck and then crushes him into the ground. But then all of the Blackbeard pirates decide to shoot him, um, or stab him or whatever, um, in a brutal, brutal scene. Oh, I like how Blackbeard tries tries to talk to Whitebeard, like, I'm your son, you're not really going to kill me, right? But, yeah, he does it. I think it's, part, I mean, it's going back to the whole Thatch thing again. He killed Thatch. And, well, yeah, and kind of Ace, too. Yeah, he was um, responsible for that. And he's at least partially responsible. And then you get this very important two pages, which are, uh, that I, I, I mentioned no, this. No, before that. The oh. One Piece does exist. That is important. Well, I was going to mention the page important. before that, too, because that's really... Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned this a lot in the One Piece connection, so I'll go through it quickly. We kind of get a hint to the Will of D happening a long time ago here, some or related to something a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll definitely talk in the Reverie segment a little bit more about all of this. But yeah, the One Piece does exist, and, and so he's setting, he's starting out a new or rejuvenated age. Mm-hmm. And as Sengoku says, you fiend! Um, I'm sorry. And <laughs> it just it feels like an understated reaction. Um, and you figure well, out Look that, at his face, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you this fiend. is the beginning of One Piece Part 2. It is. This page. It is. Um, this, is the new, this is the new intro. It's the preamble, right. It should mm-hmm. be Whitebeard saying it at the intro from now on, but it isn't. Um, and you find out what Whitebeard wanted this whole time was just a family, and he had it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why... And yeah, and when he was talking to Roger, he's like, I'm not interested in the One Piece or whatever it may be. Yeah, um, it's like, he's like, Roger's like, I could tell you how to get the Rothschild. He's like, eh, that's, not what, I, that's yeah. not what I want, man. And Whitebeard dies in the manliest way possible without a scratch on his uh, back. And <laughs> then shit continues to go down, which is kind of... First... That's, that's the name of the chapter. Shit goes down? Oh, yeah, it is. Outrageous, Outrageous. events one after another. Um, 
<laughs> Whitebeard was 72 years old. That's crazy. I, I would have thought older because I feel like it would have been bad more badass if he were in his 80s, but I, I'll deal with 72. That's, yeah. It seems... Uh, well, hey, guys, Whitebeard is a That's immortal. Yeah. Um, I you forgot... Want to see a magic, you want to see a magic trick, Zach? Sure. What's the magic trick? Blackbeard's got a magic trick for you. Uh, he could eat two devil fruits. Is that what it what is? What the fuck? Yeah. I still don't get it. I still don't know how that happened. And uh, it baffles me. And uh, there are tons of theories out there. And very good ones. I just... It baffles me. Here is not the place for that. This Here is, is not the place. Yeah. Um, and you get these really badass pages with uh, Akainu, who's now even angrier and dripping of hot liquid magma. Um... <laughs> Am I making more Austin Powers references? And yep. <laughs> and him okay. and uh, him and Jimbe go head to head, and meanwhile Blackbeard goes head to head against everyone because he has those two devil fruits, declaring that his era mm -hmm. has begun. And this is when I think the fear of God kind of got struck into me with Blackbeard. It's he is creepy um, in in this, and I think rightfully so. I don't know if you guys thought that. He's invincible. He's the greatest. That's um, what he says. Well, yeah. it sets him up to be end boss. I still believe that. I mean, yeah. I haven't. I know I'm not completely current, but I still, from this chapter, see him to be the the one thing that's going to get in the way of Luffy and Raftel. Yeah, I and agree. like he declares that his era begins, but later on in the next volume, Luffy like basically is declaring that it's his era when he rings the bell. Yeah, I mean, there's that as well, and then Sengoku kind of makes. Not short work of the Blackbeard Pirates, but but holds them back. You also get uh, the fight. You get that fight between Akainu and Jinpei continuing, and Jinpei does not do a good job. In fact, Luffy loses his hat in this and gets burnt. And Crocodile has to step in to save them and throw them in the air to Buggy. It's like I'm describing a baseball game. And Buggy gets the Jinpei and yep. runs off. <laughs> And you see just, like, this apocalyptic magma fist coming out trying to catch Buggy and Jinbei there. Um, and I also want to talk about, we get a little bit of, like, Sengoku's justice, like, especially when Blackbeard is threatening to sink the islands. Like, don't you dare, like, talk about sinking this island. You won't, I won't be taken lightly. This is justice. You know, for all the citizens of the world who fear pirates, because pirates are the bad guys, remember? You know, the, the Marines have to remain strong and, and chivalrous for this reason. And... That's when uh, the Whitebeard Pirates and Akainu make their final face-off. And, oh, there, there's Trafalgar Law for no reason coming up. <laughs> for no reason. Um, I've got it. I'm a doctor. <laughs> that is a... The most, yes, that is one of my favorite lines. <laughs> <laughs> and the most determined-looking Beppo in the world. It's... Uh, what a great page. Um, just a few more episode titles before we round this this <laughs> okay. uh, arc off. We got Face Off, because of course, yes. uh, the pride upon his back. Um, we got Back in Black. Uh, the Doctor is in, is this one. <laughs> and Hats Off to go. You is coming up here. Um, <laughs> Didn't we try and turn that into a sitcom, Zach? Did we? I don't remember. Um, I haven't to that episode in a while. I haven't thought about those episodes in a while. Uh, so we get Law, who basically catches Luffy and, and tries to save them. But as this is happening, Blackbeard tests out his powers in math. Um, to, yeah, he wrecks Marineford pretty well. Uh, and just things continue to go crazy and crazy. And it's just this 
apocalyptic feeling. You got Akainu going nuts and rampaging and Blackbeard ramp- rampaging and Kobe is just not taking this The well. voice of reason. Sabaudi is going to be like run over by a tidal wave that Blackbeard caused. Uh, pacifistas and buggies getting shot by Kizaru. No one likes that. Um, and Kobe says, that's enough. He steps in. And for a, he saves a precious few seconds here. A few uh, seconds of courage. A few seconds of courage. And then, if you couldn't think it would get crazier, Shanks steps in here. Um, I think this was one of the biggest shocks of, of this, even with everything that had preceded this. It's just I did not accept the... I did not ex- expect the deus ex machina of uh, Shanks just walking in there. Well, you had to kind this. of expect it because, like, Shanks is on the move. He, like, stopped Kaido the other day. Well, how like, did he get there so quick? I don't, Because that's in the New World and this is the Grand Line and how did he... It's, it's still kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, and just to round things off here in the war, uh, they basically put everything to a halt. They're like, look, if you want to continue this that's fine but you're gonna have to get through us to to keep going yeah. um i mean it basically allows everyone to save face and he also thanks kobe basically for like you know your few seconds of courage will um basically influence you basically save the world he didn't say save the world but it's basically what he says and he also gives luffy back his ha- uh, well he gives luffy back his hat through buggy who as uh, as ed mentioned uh, was bribed slightly uh <laughs> falsely i love how kizaru is afraid of ben beckman yeah, that's really curious. What could Ben Beckman shoot that's faster than light? Yeah. Um, a hockey? I don't know. Hockey bullets? Um, we'll yeah. find out. Also, uh, the, Shang- the Red Hair Pirates have a monkey. Uh, important to note. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned that during the Reverie for the first read-through, the monkey somewhere in there. Hmm. Um, but it's great to see Shanks again. We really don't see this crew very much, so this was a, this no. was a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the war ends, and and that's a little bit like Doberman and Akainu are like, I'm gonna go after their severed heads. Like you're not gonna stop me, and Sengoku puts a stop to that. I don't even remember. I didn't remember Doberman. Yeah, he says I'm, we, I'm gonna collect their severed heads, basically. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, that's what. That's like it's little things like that that make him like one of the most like underrated you know, bastards. Yeah, well, you forget because Akainu is such an overrated bastard, and he's right next to him. He's only, I think he's properly rated. <laughs> properly rated bastard. That's, that's accurate. Um, and that's yeah. and that's it. As uh, as Akichi tries to freeze the the sea, and he's already rains down like light blasts, but you know he get away in the yellow submarine. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love how I love how Shanks is like it's too it's um it's too early to see Luffy now. It would violate our agreement. Luffy isn't a great pirate yet. So, Miles, since uh, since we don't shut up and we're going on a little long, you're going to have to leave <laughs> us soon. So I, I want, what, what what were your overall thoughts uh, rereading the Marineford arc? Well, first, I'm really frustrated to have Yasop and Luffy so close to each other and not connect over their shared connection. Yeah. Like, I, I every time I see Yasop, I just want that to come up. Like, hey, did you know that, you know, your son is on my crew? Uh, no, but... The war was already over by the time Shanks and everyone showed up. And so having them put a good end cap on it really made it feel satisfying. Because otherwise, I can't think of any other way that Oda could have continued on from this point. Because it kept escalating even after the the deaths uh, without it without it turning into something else entirely. 
because he could have just kept on going and going and going. And all the characters realized at that point that there was a solution that they could be happy with. I still don't know why uh, Akinu stopped at all. i really surprised. That feels almost out of character for me. But this was a really satisfying ending to a really uh, emotional arc. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. emotional. Going through this has been as chaotic as I felt like reading it was. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really hard to describe. And we skipped over a ton. And people are going to be like, why didn't you go through this? It's because it would have taken us another three hours, I think, if we were as <laughs> thorough as we wanted to be. Um, and we have podcasts going through these chapter by chapter, so you could listen to those uh, if you want more. I guess there are different kind of details because they were you know, fresh reading them week to week. Um but I gotta say, it was a lot of fun reading this. I think I read this oh, yeah. pretty quick in like a day or two. Um, I, I think I, I think this one took me two days. But um, it, well, it was this was a single was a sitting for me. I couldn't stop rereading it. I was so glad for this opportunity to uh, re-experience this 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 part of One Piece. Anytime, Miles. It's it's always great to have you on. Um, I'm looking forward to when you uh, catch up in the manga, so we can have you on the podcast proper too. That would be wonderful. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you go. Thank you uh, so much for coming on the show, though. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Miles. Okay, Ed, it is time to go through the second part of uh, this saga, uh, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ed, we did this... Uh, we did the manga recaps for this way back in 2010. So I figured, you know, completely on purpose that we should, you know, kind of get those old times back and just do a podcast, the two of us, for the rest of this. Yes, um, this was totally intentional. Totally intentional, Ed. Um, and so first we have the Aftermath War stuff, and then we'll get into the flashback, which is going to be the bulk of what we talk mm-hmm. about here. Um, and since it's just the two of us, um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be insightful. Yeah. Um, so if we start off looking at the, the other seven uh, Supernova crews basically maintaining their distance here. And um, Bonnie is actually blaming somebody in particular. We don't really get a, a, sor- a sense of, of who that is. Yeah, and... Bonnie, I mean, I'll just say to this day, is the most mysterious, I feel like. We don't really... She's just mysterious as hell. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember if I noticed, but on the next page where they say Whitebeard said the One Piece exists, that's Jaya, right? Um, Yeah, that's Mocktown. Yeah, I don't know if I noticed that before, but it's just very clearly Mocktown. Those, I would recognize that tower anywhere. Yeah. Because that's what uh, Bellamy sprung off of, right? Right. Um, oh, and, Beard, and Brownbeard is here. <laughs> Loser. Uh, we see G3. And Brownbeard, that guy won't come back. Um, and we then go to the uh, ship uh, where Law operated on um, Luffy and Jimbei. And I found this... I love all these interactions because it's just such a odd and eclectic group of people. I want to talk a little bit more about the scene in the Reverie segment in particular. Yeah. Um, I like Beppo being meek before the with the, the with Hancock. Yeah, I forgot about that gag. Uh, because mm-hmm. Beppo has a few little gags, and uh, that's that's one that persists here. Like the, uh, the like looking for female bears? Yeah, that's a... I don't know if that's as much as a gag as a joke. 
Uh, yeah. A recurring joke. I guess that's what a gag is. Uh, Eva, Eva returns to Kamabaka Queendom. That's where you, it's where, and <laughs> he's going to see Sanji, so... Uh, and we talked a little bit about this last time, all the level six, uh, not last time, in the previous segment, um, the level six prisoners that got released and, and Sengoku's reaction, but we didn't talk about how Doflamingo takes out Gekko Moria and says it's from someone higher than Sengoku, who to this day, we don't quite know who that is, but I think we have a little bit more of an idea of who that may be. Again, a good discussion for the Reverie segment. Um, Magellan is in bad shape too, so yeah. You know, and in Sengoku, I think he really likes Magellan, so he's trying to make him like you know, don't let him do anything stupid, like kill himself or something. And so we go to two weeks after the war, uh, and we start kind of in a flashback from where we just were, where Evenkov heads off, as you said. Um, and Luffy is recovering on Amazon Lily, and recovering is a very iffy word because he's having a lot of emotional. Mm-hmm. Fallout, obviously. Like his his psyche is damaged. Like he he's like he he has a bro- like he has a brother. Well, not not anymore. He doesn't. So he has to deal with the fact that that's gone now. It's he's gone. Um, Hancock also is typical Hancock through this whole thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, and Yon is just being Yon throughout this whole thing too. So it's so it's so this is just like it's a very different Luffy than we usually see. And it's just Luffy mm-hmm. going nuts and you get flashbacks that he's Luffy's trying to hurt having. himself. And yeah. like, he's having, he's basically having, I don't know. I always That's think of it. It's a conception of PTSD that they talked about on the West wing. with like hmm. not being able to remember it without reliving it. He's reliving it right now. I mean, I, yeah, I understand. And I think Oda does a very good job of that. And, Oh, and then Luffy's like, "Look, I tried pinching my cheek. I, I know it's not. A, I know it's not a bad dream. I know it really happened. Ace really died." Mm-hmm. Um, and you get Otis crying faces here are exceptionally. I don't know him, him and Kobe, Luffy and Kobe. I remember were a little bit much mm-hmm. uh, at the time, but we head straight into the flashback from there. Um, I love this flashback. I yeah. about you, Ed. I, I mean, as I, I mean, this is great in the manga, but this is actually the best episodes of the one of the best like arcs of the anime when they did it. I gotta rewatch those. Um, come, they'll be com- they'll be coming out on DVD this season, right? No, no, that's <laughs> whenever season eight happens. Eight, yeah, it'll be like the end, end of eight. Yeah, yeah, so probably the second to last set of season. So eight. probably if things next keep year up twenty sixteen. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess um, or seventeen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess that's the next time I'll watch these, um, because I don't remember having as fond memories as, as you have. I also, I think, was in the middle of finals during a big bulk of this, so that might mm. be part of it. Yeah, and we find out, like, uh, right here, like, 10-year-old Ace is, like, a really shitty kid. He's just a shitty little kid. 10-year-old, uh, 7-year-old Luffy is also kind of a... Uh, seven, we, we already know what 7-year-old Luffy's like, because we saw... Yeah. How old was he? I think this must be right after Shanks, right? I think it, it must be because he has the scar in his face. He's got the scar in the hat. So yeah. um, I forget. I think it was 10 years ago is when that happened. I think this kind of ties together mm-hmm. everything between Shanks and today. This isn't one of the saddest flashbacks we've ever seen, um, but it's a really, really good one. And there's a, and it's a really probably one of the most important ones, especially as it regards our characters. It's actually one of the most heartwarming like, yeah. Especially with the character Dadan. Dadan is like this mother character. I think it's heartwarming uh, in 
while you're reading it, and then it becomes heartbreaking when you come back and you realize Luffy's completely alone. Um, well, but, no, he is Yeah, until we find out that he's not. Um, yeah. But for a moment, you kind of feel Luffy's loneliness because he's mm-hmm. lost both of his brothers. Um, Little Luffy hates bandits, and Dodonna's trying to like make him work. <laughs> and Luffy's just having none of it. He's just out to follow Ace. He's like that little kid who's following his older brother around. So one one of the things that I really love about this flashbacks is is the vignettes. And I think I've used that word a lot in, in this uh, read-through already. But that's really mm-hmm. what we see. We have the one where Luffy chases Ace. We have the one later on with Luffy, Ace, and Sabo having fun together as time passes. Um, and they're both great. And... Oda really is doing does a great job here, especially after the war where he was drawing such complex stuff. Um, it's and, great to see stuff like this, and it was also great to see in the anime. I mean, not to talk too much about the anime, but no, please, Saba was voiced by the voice of Naruto. Right, yeah, that was also I just, a cool. I love that little touch because a lot of people who watch the Japanese version of that they recognize that voice, and just to have it's like a it's just like drawing a through line, like everything, all these shows like are connected, and you can hear the voices and like recognize them sometimes. Because especially with the Naruto voice actress, she's very distinctive. Well, I'm a huge fan of Miley Flanagan, um, and I'd love her to be Sabo. I don't know how likely that is with all the... Um... And so the Sabo part is actually pretty short, so I know she's not Texas-based, but she could get down there just for uh, just for this flashback. I mean, you could also record at home now, but the, the problem, I think, is the union thing, because mm-hmm. I think Funimation doesn't have that. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but I would I would really like to see Miley Flanagan pay, playing Sabo. I think that would be fun. Um so, yeah, we we get to see a little bit more of what Luffy's kingdom looks like, too, um, which yeah. is interesting. And they actually named the island later on. I don't have it. Go, in it's, right. Is the island Goa? No, no it's not the, the kingdom. It's the Goa kingdom. We'll find uh, out on, soon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like at the end when the uh, Celestial Dragons show up. Um, and we get Great Terminal, which is based off of a, a place in the Philippines, I believe. Yeah. Um, but then we get my favorite character of all time, Zach. Who? Pushing penis face. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know what? He does, do some ep- pe- he does have a penis face. <laughs> he really does. Do we have any more episode, good episode titles right Yeah, now? why aren't I? This is from a the good, flashback. This yeah. is a good time to do it. Um, so we picked up from Hats Off to You, and of course we get Porchemi penis <laughs> face. I know. I don't know why you like that one so much. Um, how yeah. to be a good grandfather is always a good one. <laughs> oh, that, and there was that anime montage of like him throwing Luffy into the ravine. Or that was in that was back in post in his lobby. But we got just... we got trash, wind, and fire. <laughs> um, we got dragons, transvestites, and bears. Oh my! Oh my! Um, the oh my was not part of that. Uh, uh, we'll get. I I might as well do all of the ones for the flashback while I'm on it. Uh, mm-hmm. The SS Rough Rough. <laughs> I think that's a little later. Um, to eat is to live. We'll get to that, but that's still one of my favorite lines. Uh, I, I, I live by that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically, I think that's just about it uh, yeah. for until we get into some other stuff. So I'll, I'll save it. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, the, Luffy, like he finds like Ace and Sabo's hideout where they're hiding their money and he gets caught really quick. He has no poker face at all. It's hilarious. Porchami penis face? Of course not. No, I, I know Luffy. Luffy. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're breaking over there. You're talking about the side of his mouth. Um, Luffy gets beaten up for the sake of Ace, who doesn't like him and won't talk to him, and beats him up himself, and Sabo, who he doesn't really even know. 
And I think it's interesting that we find out that Prashemi is working for Blue Jam, who is a pirate, but somehow has the aristocracy of Goa in his pocket. So we, I mean, that'll come into play later, obviously. But it's interesting that a pirate would have that relationship. Um, now, I mean, this this whole thing is this whole flashback is kind of hard to talk scene by scene and what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to try and do it as much as possible. I mean, it's not like a fast moving. Oh my God. Then there's this, like what we just talked about with the war. It's almost the complete opposite, which I'm a fan of. Um, but I, we'll, we'll talk about big events as, as we go through here. And, and the first really big event is we find out a celestial dragon is coming to visit after Luffy finally gets out of, you know, the poor Chemi. Yep. After he, I should say he got saved by Ace and Sabo, and poor Chemi yeah, I mean, got killed by Blue Jam. By and, Blue and, Jam. And, but you know Ace never backs down, so he was able to beat Porchemi, and that I mean that backfired him on him during the war, and that's why he died ultimately. And Porchemi uh, also died because he has a penis for a face. Yeah. Um, um, but they get this, there's this great speech between Luffy and Ace. And, um, you know, they have to be friends because Luffy has nobody else. So Ace has found, you know, something that he can live for, something like that validates his reason for existing. So they need each other. And Luffy found a friend. Yeah. And later and, uh, a brother. And now uh, Sabo needs a place to live. Uh, he just sh- shows up on Dadan's doorstep. <laughs> I want to talk about the Volume 59 cover since we forgot to talk about that with Miles. Right. Um, what are your well, thoughts on that? Well, let's talk about 59 and 60 then. As long yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah about that time so i really love the volume 60 cover actually the most um but the epic i mean they have Whitebeard with half his face off yeah i want to talk about 59 first just because it's chronological um yeah i mean the candy cane uh what do you call it uh halbert halbert uh which is what i think steve called it um is a little distracting but i i do like that i i like the cover in general uh it gets across what's happening yeah, it gets cr- I mean, I don't know. Shanks is just kind of there doing, although Dragon on the... That's about what Shanks does, though. So let's yeah. be honest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace is dead immediately, which makes the cover... But his really name weird. is in the title of the art of the... Uh, but it says the death of <laughs> in front of it. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, yeah. No, it's true. Um, it could have showed him dying there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Um, that's bad. Anyway, yeah, no, there's there's not much else to say about that. Um, volume 60 probably is one of my favorite covers. Um, I think I said 54, and 54 and 60, I think, rank. I, I definitely want to do a full ranking when we're done here uh, with the read-through. But uh, 60 might be one of my favorites. Ed, what do you like about 60? Just, you know, that deter- I like that smiling determination face on Luffy and, like, overlooking his little kid self. Um the rest of it, I mean, I like the, I especially love the parts about Luffy. That's just, that's what makes it for me. I, I mean, I'm not an artist, but if I were, no, I, the, the little artistic sense I have, I, I like the symmetry to it. Uh, you got kind of the two father figures. Well, I mean, I should say a father figure and his actual father. That he doesn't really care about. Or no. And also Makino and Dadan there. Uh, it's just it's just a great cover. So why don't we start volume 60 here? Okay. Um, right in the middle of the flashback, of course. Gum gum pistol. The gum, yeah, I, I like how Luffy really doesn't know how to use his fruit still and kind of getting used to it. Uh, also seeing uh, Sabo not really beating Ace here. Um, no, he beats him. Uh, he only loses um, twice. No, no, he, he he wins 24 out of 20 out of 50 between him and Ace. 
Ace wins 26 out of 50 between them. But right. I don't think Luffy doesn't get any wins. No, he gets zero for both. He lost every time. I think, uh, I think he mentioned that, too, during um, Alabasta. Remember, hmm. he said, I used to fight Ace all the time and lost, and that was when I had my duffel fruit and he didn't. Right, um, right. But they're running in, uh, but uh, you know, run in the interior town of Goa. You know, the atmosphere is actually more stifling inside of there. It's a very, it's a um, and and we get a cameo by Vincent Adultman. Um, you do not watch. <laughs> do you watch that show? I've seen clips of Bojack. Okay. I know Vincent Adultman. Uh, I did a business. <laughs> I I work at Wall Street. Um, or whatever it was, I work in business store and do adult things um no i love it's the three kids in a trench coat trope but it's it's now because of that i appreciate it all the more um and and they make a name for themselves which is basically what we see and they have fun and they're brothers and everything's great and then oh wait saba's father comes yeah Um, and the one thing i really love about the anime is they sneak in all the main voice actors into cool places and this one is brooks voice it's cho i think right um they did that on amazon lily too uh i I definitely recognize nami's voice actress in that zoro was Saul death yeah um sanji was i think an animal or something maybe Uh, minotaur he might Maybe? be a minotaur or something. I don't remember. I don't, there's they all show up. I think at some point, but uh, yeah, I find it. Brooke and this guy have nothing in common at all. Good actor. Um, yeah, no. Show I mm-hmm. show is fantastic. But um, they make Sabo spill the beans about his family. Ace and Luffy. They kind of really don't care as long as he wants to be be with them. You know. Yeah, and nor should they. I mean, that fits their personalities perfectly um you also get kind of a mini sabo flashback about how terrible his parents are and uh i mean i I don't know like some of the things about studying i feel like i could relate to a little um and they wanted him to marry into the royal family or else and also children aren't supposed to like talk back and you know have opinions of their own i'm I'm gonna i was gonna make social commentary i will not um (laughs) no it's i mean this is a. Uh, it's it shows a lot about this part of the world that we don't really get to see in One Piece. Uh, what do the non-adventurer pirates do? Uh, <laughs> apparently, they uh, they become these, you know, annoying people. Uh, anyway, so we go from there, and Sabo says, "Look, I just want to set sail and get the hell out of here and and be free." Um, and they that's when they share their cups. They all and it's funny. They all want to be ca- they all want to be captains, but uh, Luffy's the only one who's. Declares he wants to be Pirate King. Sabo wanted to be a navigator, he said. Well, like a captain navigator, I guess. But Yeah, like navigation was the one thing he did like to study. Right. And uh, we talked about this earlier, but there is the third sake cup. And mm-hmm. I should have asked, Ed, what, do you remember if you were surprised when Sabo came about or what you thought of him originally? Like, why? who is this kid? Why is he here? Yeah, I guess I was kind of confused by it, but, like, this is obviously an important person in Luffy's past, but, like, he was barely spoken of, but then, yeah. like, realizing that the tattoo on Ace's arm was dedicated to him, and, like, you started right. to get, get the sense that Oda's planned this all out from the beginning, so. Yeah, I I still don't know if he did. It's But it's the main character's, like, childhood. He has to have thought about that. Maybe. I mean, he. I mean, I would agree with you more if it was another character. Well, but not well, let me put it this way. I think, I, I don't know if this even ties into Sabo, but we talked about in Alabasta 
how Ace acted a lot like a monkey, you know, monkey, D, monkey, D Luffy, monkey, D Gart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he acted like someone of that line. Um, Ace definitely does not act anything like them here. He acts like Roger apparently did uh, mm-hmm. here. He wouldn't back down. He'd like destroy a Navy, like someone's Navy of a country for that. If what they, Roger did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if here, they insulted his friend and here Ace acted similarly, but I, I don't know if that, showed foresight or lack of foresight or what was going on who knows it's very hard to prove you didn't plan something but ace ace changed over the like the over like over this flashback like from when and then he when he sets sail that's true he becomes a much he's a very grumpy kid um but you isn't like i'm just looking at this picture of them with uh makino and and he's super grumpy he's like oh Um, yeah anyway uh this is probably my favorite part um, of just the the most um, happy part. I don't know the what's yeah, like the when they go independent and stuff. They're all living together. Yeah, and they you know they're going out hunting tigers and getting beat up by Garp and, and that... <laughs> Garp shows up a couple of times in these little montages. So I guess that was showing he was somewhat present because otherwise it would just seem like he wasn't at all present. Um, he has a job to he had a job to do though. But we find out Sabo's father comes back, and he has... I mean, th- this is Sabo's father. He paid Blue Jam to capture Sabo for him and bring him back to the high town. But then he lets... And the only reason, like, he decides to go back is so that Ace and Luffy are, are safe. That's the, that's the kind of love there. That's a real bitter moment. Um, yeah. I was going to say bittersweet, but it's just bitter. It's bitter. Uh, uh, yeah, Blue Jam... And Blue Jam wishes he was an aristocrat, so... Um, and I... <laughs> It's really cool when you think about it, and I didn't I didn't remember this because we were reading this week to week. But how uh, Luffy and Ace are out go to deliver the packages of explosives that eventually set Gray Terminal on fire, mm-hmm. um, and and then I think let's just get to the part we were waiting for here, Ed. Sabo won't lie to the police. He won't lie, but so his father has to bribe the police. That's just a great. It's that's the kind of world they live in. Okay, Ed, enough stalling. Let's talk about the moment I've been trying to get to here. The yeah. entire for all eleven episodes of this read through, I've been waiting for this character to show up. That's because he is my favorite. No, he's not my favorite anything. It's Stelly, guys. It's Stelly. They should call this chapter is five eighty six. It's City of Stench. It should be called City of Stelly. <laughs> maybe maybe Stelly is the stench. Uh, I hate Stelly. Nice to meet you, big brother. I hate Stelly so much. He's so creepy. He's so... But they basically refer to the fact that, like, Stelly has, like, behavioral issues. He possibly mentally ill. It's like, oh, he was born into an extremely high-class family, but he's got problems, so we took him in. Yeah. It's it's all very weird. Uh, we're talking about moons here, Ed, and I'm sure yep. we're going to be talking about them a lot. Uh, Crescent moon here when uh, when Sabo escapes is is very present. Uh, even reflected in the water, which is something I don't remember ever seeing. I I, I like that image a lot. Um, the moon thing uh, again. Read the One Piece connection because it yeah. I, it's in this flashback. It's around a lot. I also don't remember uh, when we see their tree fort. Uh, they hung up the the sake cups. Uh, the yep. sake the sake bag. The sake zukis. Um, the Sakazuki's. Um, and it, it's a cool little touch. I, I didn't remember that. Um, we also oh. get a glimpse of the king of Goa, but not yes. his face. 
The wind is strong today, they say. Yeah, and I mean, we all think Dragon has a wind fruit. We don't have any proof of that, but this seems to be... Um, and Sabo is like, an indication. what the hell is wrong with you people? You're going to burn... I, I know about your plan, but everyone's just sort of like, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. And no one, like, can't let anyone outside the high town know. Or, the, yeah. Um, this is just... It, you know, even rereading it, it's just I the felt most... sorry for Blue Jam. I really did I at the end of this. Because he was like, oh, I mean, you know, he's playing the pirate game. He's trying to get ahead being a pirate by being a bad guy. And he's trying to – he ends up partnering with people who are worse than him. And they betray him. They they frame him. They, he's basically their patsy. He, like, they, it was their idea. But I don't Blue know if Jam... I feel bad for him, but – He's kind of – he's a tragic character even if he's yeah. a villain. Yeah, yeah. It's tragic. Um, I don't really care. Uh, he's kind of an <laughs> asshole. Um, look, I'm happy you shot poor Chummy Penis face in the face. Um, <laughs> right in his penis. Right in his penis face. Um, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I don't necessarily feel bad for him. I just find this whole situation, I mean, it's as Dragon said, it's a kind of a microcosm of the world. But it's just so brutal, and at the like same you made time, this made this boy ashamed of who he is. You know, I don't have the and Dragon doesn't. He knows he doesn't have the power to change anything right now, but he's you know accumulating power for the future. I mean, this kind of almost. I feel like I've read. I mean, as a as a Jewish person, I grew up reading. You read a lot of um, uh, tellings of the Holocaust and the and things related to that. And it kind of strikes me as kind of similar to those kind of thing, like the things that led up to really what Hitler's full rise to power, where you just have mm-hmm. this, these kind of, there were a lot of towns that kind of just tried to look good. And by killing a lot of people that the Germans would not want to see it, it just, mm-hmm. it very tangentially kind of like that, but it, it did strike, you know, kind of that chord with me, that kind of sickening, like, oh no, this, this does, this kind of stuff does happen in real life. Um, yeah. and fortunately with Oda, a lot of the, even the worst stuff you see is real, uh, or has happened or is based, maybe exaggerated slightly, but based in real life. And they actually um, use the word Holocaust in this chapter, I think, or maybe in the next so. chapter, because I mean, that is the literal definition of it is a giant fire. Well, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what a, that's what a Holocaust is, is it's a giant wildfire basically uh i mean what they're doing is they're just killing off not necessarily a group of people in particular but they're just the human garbage human garbage they're killing off the poor and they're treating them as less than human and what that i mean that kind of stuff happens i mean not even just the holocaust i mean that happened in former yugoslavia and it happens in africa to this day Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's this once again, Oda mimicking real life in the most depressing of ways. And I think... Happened with the Native Americans, too. I mean, I could go back. Obviously, this has happened throughout human history. And yeah. I apologize if I forgot a specific genocide. Um, unfortunately, it has happened many, mm-hmm. many a time. But it also makes Oda's kind of bigger story kind of have more impact. And that bigger story here being with Dragon and the Revolutionaries... Um, showing just like the kind of injustices that do take place in the world. I mean, by this point we've seen some terrible things. I mean, don't the celestial dragons and slave stuff, that stuff happened too in the United States um, and around the world, obviously. But 
and that kind of st- you know slave trades existed and, and it's interesting when you think about it especially from where i am sitting right across the river was the was the was the large was the alexandria slave market near washington dc yeah, yeah. near washington dc yeah no uh, it's uh kind of nuts when you think about it how all this stuff is is really especially in this little in this little story uh, and we're not talking about like piracy and like superpowers we're talking about like human condition yeah That's i think and oda does such a great job at bringing that down to a human level and making you care about um each of the characters um and sabo in particular here i think is kind of that i feel I, like maybe maybe it gets a little didactic in later arcs but i'm actually looking yeah. forward to rereading those to see if my opinion from then was accurate to give you a hint at what ed's talking about we'll talk about that next week um nice. but i think goa kingdom and, and ed this is this is definitely in you know my top stories in one piece and i think he does a very good job at succinctly uh giving us that giving giving us all of that what is freedom where can i find it um that that sabo line i love that line but first though um blue jam is trying to like make luffy and uh, ace give away their basically give them their treasure and they you know ace won't stand down so don has to come to the rescue it's kind of not funny, but it's... And Luffy always... uses hockey. Luffy yeah. uses hockey. No, no, that's Ace uses hockey. I thought that was Luffy. No, it's Ace uses hockey, which is... Which is interesting because you don't see Ace ever use Conqueror's King uh, hockey. But during the war, he says, Oh, Luffy, you have it too. Um, mm-hmm. And here you see Ace using it very early, very early in his development. Um, also interesting that Blue Jam... Uh, Blue Jam, Ace, and Luffy all see that treasure as their mode to freedom. Like they're mm-hmm. that's what they could use to get to freedom. Um, I just I just find that kind of interesting. Well, I mean, I think Luffy and Ace come around to the fact that well, they they lose it and they're like, well, we can't let this stop us. Yeah. After, I, after that, but uh, you know, Dogura, I think it was a Dogura and Magura take. Uh, take Luffy and Dadan stays to fight with Ace, and it's like this is like the fight to the end here. And I love, and I also love this line: "Only two types survive on the battlefield: the strong and the cowardly. The brave always die first. Yeah, it's a I've been thinking about jam. that line. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, that could be true. Dragon uh, it looks like Dragon blows a hole for the people to escape, though. I love that. Yeah, it's still not clear what his power is, though. It's very, very heavily implied yeah uh at least that it's somewhat wind related i mean you see the wind lines throughout uh throughout this if, if you haven't noticed by this point um yep. and there we see kuma among the revolutionaries there and of course even cough because of course um how could you miss that uh that face and thinking back at sabo dragon says look i have to change the world so because children otherwise will continue to be born in, in this kind of situation. So he mm-hmm. asks, he recruits people who will fight for freedom um, and hopefully get some uh, takers. Meanwhile, uh, we just see the destruction of the town and Luffy uh, crying over his fallen brother, potentially Ace. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, we go to the other potentially fallen brother, um yeah the 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 uh, saint jelmak the 
Celestial Dragon has arrived in Goa. And, uh, you know, Sabo t- sets sail. He can't take it anymore. He's going for freedom, and he gets shot down. Because well, he dared cross the Celestial Dragon's path. A few things I want to mention here. Uh, well, I definitely want to mention one specific line in the Reverie uh, segment. Um, I, then I'm going to write down the page so I remember it. But um, just very bad timing for Sabo there. Yeah. Uh, you probably should have researched that a little more. This is a tragic scene, and if you didn't hate the Celestial Dragons before, um, this is a good time. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time to start hating them. You also just get Ace returning from the battlefield with the Don on his back, which is just a crazy scene mm-hmm. as well. Um you got that strong female influence in their lives. I think that's good. I like, love Dadan, yeah. yeah. Because not everyone, like, I mean, a lot of people's mothers die in One Piece. But, like, Nami, when she was young, she had that strong Belmere in her life. And uh, Usopp had his uh, had his mother yeah. in his life as well. But not all the characters get that. Like, Zoro did not have that. Obviously, Sanji didn't have it. So I mean, Luffy's mother figure survives. That's actually a, it's a rarity in this world. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything about Frankie's parents or, I mean, or Sanji's parents. Well, or... at least, well, I'm actually, uh, I should say Frankie's mother figure, Kokoro, survives. I think that's fair to call her his mother figure. Yeah, uh, it really is. Uh, because, I mean, in One Piece, it's not blood. It's, you know. Right. Uh, and we get a, we get that flashback that Ed was talking about um, mm-hmm. with the Don talking to Garp about Roger. Um, I think we talked about it already. There's not much else to say. Um, and while Luffy is battling beetles together, uh, Dogura comes back and explains that Sabo had been shot down and starts a series of events that kind of are similar to what was happening on, uh, happening to Luffy in the present day where he just Mm -hmm. breaks down. Mm -hmm. Don gets that, that, uh, that, uh, um, that line in on Ace about like you can't do anything all on your own. You're you're too weak right now. You don't you haven't done anything. You can't like you can't just you know, go getting yourself killed because no one's gonna remember what you did. You have to be like your father and be important before you get think about getting yourself killed. I also want to mention that Ace has like this importance of not crying, and mm-hmm. he eventually breaks down. But I, I feel like and we we later see Shanks saying it's okay to cry. Uh, you know, when this is all said and done, uh, it's okay to cry, Luffy. You have to, this is part of growing up. This is part mm-hmm. of uh, your development. Uh, Shanks is the narrator, you know, it's Oda incarnate, I think we know at this point. So it's <laughs> like Oda saying, it's okay, Luffy, you'll be fine. Um, th- this letter, though, uh, all s- uh, from Sabo to Ace breaks my heart um, mm-hmm. to this day. It's just such a such a good moment. ace just breaks down after that like you know talking about like you have to take care of luffy because I'm, I'm going up to see yeah and then ace cries um and then uh you get the team america moment where ace uh promises to luffy i will never die um <laughs> god which is like, cheap, you just gotta cheapen that for me a little bit so. i'm sorry it but it's it's such a stupid promise i mean yeah you can't make that i guess promise. that's the point of it is that it's kind of a stupid promise yeah it's a kid promise um, I mean, it's it's expanded and, and helped upon by saying, I can't leave a little crybaby with little brother behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabo told me to take care of you. Um, it also really makes what comes after the flashback more important, uh, or before the flashback, I should say. Mm-hmm. And as they weep, we go back to uh, an island 
uh, where Dragon is. And yes, Zach, there is a gigantic D-shaped half moon <laughs> like that. That's a letter D. That is what that is. Well, it's upside down and it's backwards. Backwards and yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, little kid Zoro doing his stone presses and little Aquina practicing her sword arts and. It's uh, but uh, dragons returning to Baltigo. Oh yeah, that is Karina. I forgot she was there. Um, <laughs> I almost said Tashigi. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, Who knows? No, no it can't be. <laughs> the fact, people. the fact that the fact that you didn't cut that out of the podcast proves that it hasn't happened yet. No, Karina uh, <laughs> also died. I mean, we saw her dead body in the. I can't. I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I love Dragon Ship. I mentioned this during the manga recaps when we did these back in 2010, 2011, but God, I love that ship. It's just a very cool looking, it's just very cool looking. Uh, so yeah, they, they head back to Baltigo. Uh, meanwhile, things return to normal and the passage of time continues to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, they start their own countries and Ace country and Luffy country. And Makino uh, tries to teach them how teach Ace how to thank, uh, shanks for saving luffy which is a sweet moment um and you get them fighting and doing all the then training and killing bears and all the fun things that kids do um and then you see them grow up and time passes and we get to see uh pubescent luffy (laughs) i sure with all the acne wait a second um (laughs) damn you luffy Having an yeah, easier, uh, I like that that shirt that Ace like young like teenage Ace is wearing with like the the leopard spots all over it. So you're saying you don't like teenage Luffy shirt? Uh, what is that one again? There's it's it's in an SBS describes all of them. I forget which one that yeah. is. <laughs> to chicken Um That can't be it. Um, no, I this is this is a really cute little scene. But Ed, I wonder what Garp would say about all this. Yeah, I wonder what Garp would say about all this. <laughs> Uh, I, lo- I, love I love the ear whoop slap. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> so, and but you know, Dadan refuses to go to see Ace go off, and uh, you know, she one of her underlings gives her the message is like, "Oh, thanks for everything." <laughs> she she cries. It's oh, so cute. Like it's hard to call anything that Dadan does cute, but that is it. <laughs> Dadan's not a good looking woman, but she's an awesome woman in every other degree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, this is, I, 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 did you notice that after Ace left, Luffy stacked his country on top of his own country and made a double country? I did not notice that, but thank you for telling me. <laughs> double that's, country. that's a good goal. Manifest destiny, bitches. <laughs> Ace is gone. I'm taking his country. Um, I like Luffy actually looking at the newspaper there at what Ace is doing. It's um, the last time Luffy read a newspaper. <laughs> accurate. Considering how many times old women scolded him in the last episode, he should probably read them more often. Um, he still doesn't, I don't think. But uh, uh, Luffy gives his like farewell message directly to Dadan, and she cries the exact same way. And saying, "Look, I hate bandits, but I like you guys." Uh, um, oh, here it is, Doan Island. That's where Goa is. Oh, yeah, you're right. That that must be the first mention of that. Yep. Do Doan 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 Doan. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be don't like you know, no, probably not. Maybe it's like brown, like the oh, sound of rubber. <laughs> Maybe I I don't know. I should probably look that up at some point or have done that ahead of time, but I didn't. Um, 
so he we see kind of what happens in between Luffy's set off when we were recapping way back in the first chapter. <laughs> when was that in May? Um, I think so. Yeah, it was before we went to Dallas. Oh my God, so long ago. I mean, 1997. Um, <laughs> It's, I, I love how Uda does this, and, you know, you could see this kind of fitting in, and, oh, he was talking about, he was talking to Sabo and Ace here when, uh, when he sets off, and you, and you skip the part where he punches the, the, uh, what do you call it? The Lord of the Coast? Yeah, the Lord of the Coast, the, the, seek, the king of the... Something. The one that ate Shanks' arm. The, yeah, the one that ate Shanks' arm. Um, yeah. The Don snuck down to the, uh, the thing to see him off, too. Yeah. <laughs> And oh yeah, I didn't. I forgot about that. Um, I'm, I probably noticed that at the time. I just forgot about that. But uh, back to the future now. Back to the present. Back to the present. Yeah, Luffy is not believing he can be king of the pirates. He's t- he's so weak. He's too weak. I well, I love the juxtaposition. I mean, we have the Luffy at his greatest triumph moment, him setting off to become king of the pirates, and then you have him at his lowest moment. He has never said what he says coming up here saying I'm too weak to be the king of the pirates. But before we get to that, um, we have to see kind of the aftermath at what happened in, uh, in windmill village. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really love, uh, love this scene. Uh, we saw before that all the territories were getting challenged by pirates like Brownbeard. So Garb puts his big sign in front of Fusha village. <laughs> this is Garb's territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, out comes Dadan, who smacks him on the top of the head with a bat um, for what he did to Ace um, mm-hmm. and saying, look, you put your work before your family. And this is that resolution we were kind of talking about with Garp's story here in Marineford. Mm-hmm. And Makino interrupts um, saying, look, he was he's hurting the most. He was there within reach and he couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And he really couldn't because he had Sengoku holding him back because he's like, I'm about to kill Sakazuki, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, by uh, the way, I was trying to think. Actually, about... Luffy is the one who was hurting the most. Right. Uh, you know, he said, first, she says, Garp is hurting more than anyone. Luffy is the one hurting the most. So it's kind of contradictory statements, but yes. Yeah. Um, and Ace is, I forgot Ace trying to practice how to say hello to Shanks. Who the heck are you? Um, how about you bastard? Or who the crap are you? I love the look on Luffy's face right there. He's like, yeah, how about that? <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Um, imagine him having a weird deep voice there. But I mean, <laughs> in the context of this very sad little panels is, is Makino also, uh, Cr- breaks down and cries. Don has got Luffy's back for the rest of his life, so that's good. Yeah. Um, I I love this scene, um, especially after what we just read through. I think this is just such a such a heartbreaking little scene with mm-hmm. the people who care about Luffy. Um, and then we see what happened to Ace and, and Whitebeard, and unfortunately they are still not alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh... It's interesting that there's all these, uh, like, I wonder where all these different flowers came from. Like, there's so many, like, he draws them so intricately. It's a very well-drawn panel. Um, yeah. And you see the entire, I and when I first read this, I thought they were flowers as well. But you see the Whitebeard pirates all lined up there um, as Shanks walks back to his ship um, and thinks what I had mentioned earlier to Luffy to stay strong. And then mm-hmm. we had to Luffy's final uh, moments here. Uh, well, no, that's that's, that's where Shanks has that line. It's all right to cry. Right. Yeah. Um, and Luffy is crying. 
uh, and punching and kind of takes on Jimbei, but Jimbei uh, throws him. Uh, what what, what kind of throw is this? Um, I, I should d- probably know that. Some kind of judo throw. Yeah. Um, it And kind of says, look. And, and Well, I love how this is done because you have the flashback with Jimbei back in Impel Down talking to uh, Ace and saying... When I was looking for Blackbeard, I saw my brother, and I was relieved because I found out that he had people he cared about, basically. Um, I think, yeah, the rest of that uh, comes back later. And he kind of shakes that sense into Luffy. You you still have something. You're being clouded by despair. Yeah, he's like being, he's like all, he feels like he's all alone, but he can't, you know, it's painful, but you just can't. Focus on what you lost. You have to remember what you still have. You're a friend you of a crew. You can see him counting on his fingers. Um, this was such a... It wasn't a sad moment. It was like, yes. This, this is a very important moment for Luffy, I think. And it, it makes you feel closer. His crew is his family. Obviously, we know the song from Skypiea. But it also, it, it's... It shows how how important that that feeling of family is because I mean, all of the people in in Luffy's crew are these kind of outcasts. Um, and speaking of, I think oh well no, there's one more scene before. We yeah, get... we get the thing with the the little flashback with Ace talking to Jimbei, and the and even further flashback with um, Ace on the on the Mary deck in Alabasta is like, you know, take care of him for me and. Uh, in, and he's an impel down. He's like, yep, he's got a crew that he can depend on. He'll be okay. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, um, I, I love that whole, that's a great chapter. It's like, like you notice he, he saw how Luffy grew up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a really great moment for Luffy and for, for the series. Um, I mean, I mean, it's a great, that's, that's the beginning of the, of some important character development for him. Meanwhile, Rayleigh just swam from probably somebody to, uh, his ship was attacked by, uh, was it, um, his ship capsized, I think. And then he swam through the calm belt. Yeah. From the grand lines. Mm-hmm. Um, very odd. Uh, he's just that strong, man. <laughs> he, he does not look like he's in his seventies. I'll put it that yeah. way. I mean, we nor, get the, did, nor did Whitebeard, but we get more Amazon Lily Follies, um, like you know, she like Hancock, like he says Hancock's name. Like this is the tenth time is that a proposal? Hancock just doesn't understand how marriage works. No, um, and law sets off, uh, noting interestingly that the D will always attract a storm. Uh, mm-hmm. In this case, uh, referring to Rayleigh. Um, and probably everything that Luffy's been through up to this point. Well, I mean, the D he's referring to is Luffy, so... Yes. No, no, I know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, attracting the storm that is Rayleigh. Um, I love how Jinbei trembles in Rayleigh's presence. Well, yeah, I mean, Jinbei's strong, but Rayleigh is clearly in a league of mm-hmm. his own there. Um, I mean, it's, I think, uh, what is it, Garp said before the Whitebeard War... Uh, we can't take on two legends at the same time, uh, implying yeah. that really probably is close to as strong as Whitebeard, um, mm-hmm. if not stronger. No, it can't be stronger because Whitebeard's the strongest man in the world up until that point. Uh, so Hancock is bringing Luffy all this food and Jinbei cannot have any. And uh, <laughs> while this is going on, uh, Rayleigh said, so you're going to go back to Sabodi, right? 
He said, uh, yeah, I want to see my crew. And Rayleigh said, I have another suggestion, so you don't have to go through that whole fiasco of, you know, getting your ass handed to you. Um, he doesn't what's the, like what's the, na the name of the chapter? Are you sure about that? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's Are You Sure About That? Yeah. I wow, you're right. I did not know that. I thought you were making that up just now. Yeah. Um, this is all where we. That's also where we get to eat is to live. Yes. Uh, so this is where we're going to do things a little differently. Uh, since things go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, we're going to just talk about the adventures of each of the Straw Hats. I'm going to go in the order they're initially introduced here, and Ed, we'll just talk about what we think about each of their adventures. Does that mm -hmm. work? Yeah. Um, so let's start with Usopp. Uh, what do you think of Usopp's uh, adventures? I don't know how much we talked about this already, but yeah, go for it. I don't know. I think like the idea of Usopp being in this place is like he's learning how to be like self-sufficient. I think. Yeah. Like he's learning how to like survive on his own. I think. Well, with Heracles. <laughs> with Her no Heracleson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Master Heracleson. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. There's like the uh, and it just broadens the world where there are these giant carnivorous plants that live in the ocean, and they like swallow like what was it, a giant sea rabbit or something yeah, like that. Yeah. God, it's and we find out it's about it's a the living island kind of you know yeah. it's a man eating island and like it, those those foods are like it's like it's bait. And so, it, what about Heracles and what do we think about him? Because he like well, I want to see his real face. <laughs> is he like? Is he a human who ate like the the like the Hercules like the beetle beetle fruit? That'd be cool. That would be awesome. But I think it's just armor. I think I assumed he killed a giant beetle and used it as armor. Um, yeah, it does look more like that. Uh, I I don't know, but I love the design. I love his personality, which is like this kind of oblivious, but he he's perfect. He's the perfect Usopp foil. I think right. the two of them work very well. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 of course, like, Kuma would know to throw Usopp to a place where he could learn about, like, plants and stuff like that. Yeah, we later find out the pop greens. Right. Um, so we'll hopefully see more of that when we talk next time. Um, mm -hmm. What about Chopper, Ed? Chopper's was kind of, like, the weakest one. I kind of. So? Well, I mean, because we get later on with, like, the library and all Even the plants. Even with Chopper Mask? <laughs> that's a great gag i love that it's like like, like, like he, he can't even keep up the ruse it's like god dang it he throws the thing down <laughs> um but like he just sort of brokers p like i also like how he like uh he like oh he does the thing where he's like insulting the natives and he's like oh i, I judged them oh, too harshly yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's they, well, no he thinks he's thinking but he's talking out loud yeah uh, he thinks they're savages it's like he's oh like, they dress like they're uh they're uncivilized beasts but they're clearly very intelligent it's like we heard the first part uh raccoon yeah. um i also like how we find out the real reason these the birds and the people were fighting was you know Chopper was able to broker a deal because he could talk to both. I thought that was a cool little <laughs> detail. Yes. Uh, I also find a cool little detail that Chopper was really the only one who would be able, before he sees the newspaper, was able to kind of leave and, and get there. Mm -hmm. um, and but he, he, he turned around. Quick. Yeah, he yeah. does turn around. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Nami could have made it too. Um, yeah, but Chopper was on his way. Yeah. Chopper's the only one who was actually leaving mm -hmm. um relaxing on a giant bird <laughs> we get uh, zoro now on the muggy kingdom at all you i know you want to talk about this yeah uh man mihawk doesn't like believe like believe the hype about what happened to moria 
which is it's always a little interesting thing to me. Um, and we get these crazy battle monkeys, the humandrils. Uh, you know, they did the monkey see, monkey do. You know, they they would be peaceful if it was a peaceful island. Oh, I didn't think see monkey, uh, monkey see, monkey do. That is yeah. kind of exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And like they've taken on the attributes of this battle ravaged kingdom, and of course that's the kind of place where Mihawk would settle down. And I just like the the dynamics of the Perona Mihawk Zoro relationship. Like, she's kind of like their maid. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, not willingly, but... Yeah, they uh, order her around. I, I also just love the relationship, I mean, we see in the in the second part of the Zoro right. story between, uh, between him and Mihawk when he defeats all of the man, the humandrills, who I love the designs and everything of, I just want to say. And Mihawk is trying to send him away, because, like, oh, you're too weak. And you couldn't even beat the the monkeys and bowing before me. And I did beat all the monkeys, though. Like, oh, yeah. damn. It's like, wow, you, you, there's something more important to you than your pride. I love that line from Mihawk. Yeah. And uh, that, that makes him laugh. It's like, you're seriously, you're going to come to me and request that I train you so that you can kill me. He's like, okay, I can respect that. <laughs> that's it's, what I, that's what I love about these swordsman characters. They're like the personification of like I, I can't wait to see more about like what happens during the we don't see very much about what happens during the the eventual time skip but i'm curious as to what kind of i want to see more of the interactions between these two um but ed hey 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 hey, hey i'll hey. take this one because i need you to talk about the next one so. oh, okay go yeah uh, tsunami is on with Yuria, and there's an old man named haridas son and basically this is the place where they keep records of all the weather they, like, they travel around, they study the weather, they make ropes that you know, unleash winds. People come to them for, like, you know, to beg for, like, uh, good weather. And and it is an artificial... We, I think we were, like... Are, are yeah, there's positive. a big bubble. Yeah, they ride... It's definitely it. artificial, yeah. 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 But um, oh, they, then they have the, uh, like, the book on the lightning rain island that we see later on. Yeah, there's... I do not remember that. Um, I, I mean, th- those those things come in, like, successive chapters. So. No, I think the Lightning Island comes after we actually see the Lightning Island. I think that's at the beginning of 61 um, that we hear about it. It's when Haridas is, like... Not yeah, me- but I'm, no, but what I'm saying is that we see the Lightning Island before we see Haridas talking about right. it. Right. Like, they're, like, in successive chapters. Right, right. They are. It's one yeah. after the other. Um I like Nami's way of tricking them by crying and saying they have she has to leave, and then she's actually crying. Crocodile yeah. tears, as 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 Hari does <laughs> calls them. Like you can call me Miss Nami and give me a place and give me a house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, my favorite. Yes, I, you have to talk about this one. Why me? <laughs> For because of, where, because of where they are, Zach. Oh, God, good point. Um, this is definitely my – I don't even know why I said maybe. My, definitely my favorite of these vignettes because I've been using that word today a lot um, is the Frankie one. And they're in the – they're in Mechanical Island uh, in Baltimore. I'm sorry, Baltimore. It's Baltimore. Let's be honest. Baltimore, um, but it's on the uh, – what's the, what's the island called? Mechanical Island? Mechanical Island, which yeah. is where um, – I don't remember the guy. Dr. Tsukimi? Tsukimi, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, from the uh, Enru uh, cover story. And please read the One Piece Connection for more details as to that. But mm-hmm. um, it's it very, I, I think this is probably, considering how ridiculous it is, very important stuff. Vegapunk uh, built a system for heating the island as a child using animal labor. I mean, we hear a lot about Vegapunk here. Mm-hmm. 
And we still, to this day, do not know what he looks like, don't really know anything about him. And Frankie can, can, can't do anything. You can do anything you want. Just don't press the button. Like, oh, hey, a pirate symbol. <laughs> <laughs> um, the anime, I think, the only, I think it does its best when it's trying to make implied filler for the Frankie stories. Um, I mean... I, I, they add a whole thing about him drinking tea again and whatever. I don't and care. Dancing, dancing for a long time. Lots of dancing, but it's uh, all, it's all great. It's all amazing. And it, if you're going to watch any, any anime episodes, uh, those are, those are pretty fantastic. Frankie blows his face off and by, by blowing up the first one, first laboratory, he finds the entrance to the hidden second laboratory where he ends up setting himself on fire Okay, so wait, one is, this event will be remembered whenever people speak of Futureland as the nightmare of Baltimore, and then they do the same gag, what is it, this event will be remembered whenever they see the flaming, the, burn, the, the burning beast burning of Baltimore. Beast of Baltimore. That, um, that may have been like an old translation that we remembered, but no, I, I think like that's that it. sounds. I think that's, yeah. I think that's. It's a little different. Right. Um, yeah, and they had the Frankie in the sky with the thumbs up. It's like, oh, and the first one is like, if I press that button. Would it be my fault? Yes. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. And then I'm like, wait, that's not where that chapter ends, like for the first one, because mm-hmm. you have the Brook one, too. So let's talk a little bit about Brook, Ed. Yeah, uh, Brook is in a land where there are devil worshippers, and they're being impressed by the long Art tribe. And uh, yeah, Brook is, uh, he's requesting panties. Well, okay, so first Brook... Uh, caught the long arm tribe people but then he's like let's let them go i'm a nice guy but then he gets captured <laughs> um i mean he was like trying to haunt them but they don't believe him um rightfully so uh and then he gets put as an exhibit and i didn't realize how much they're hinting to things to come but all i'll say is bone to be wild premiere show i mean that, yep um it's it's a I, I, it's the, the book one's a little, you know, quick and stupid, but it's fun. Uh, yeah. It's Brooke. I mean, of course it's fun. I also like that when he's like prepping for Luffy, he's like, oh, I'll get down to 40 degrees just like you want me to. It's like, why are you <laughs> practicing that? That is the least important of things. Right. Um, Here's another one you have to talk about, Zach. Which one? Robin. Oh, Robin. Oh, God. Okay. I'll talk about Sanja. You can stop talk about Robin time. Um, yes. <laughs> Not really wrong, wrong show, Zach. Um, there's a lot of things, and I, I am gonna have to save a lot of this for the reverie, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Robin's <clears throat> first kind of interaction with the revolutionaries, and we find out that if Robin had just interacted with uh, the revolutionaries, she would have uh, probably had a much safer and calmer life than she had had up until this point. Um, and yeah. so she's riding on the rhinoceros carriage. Um, when she gets the <laughs> newspaper, uh, which is delivered by a crow. Right. Um, and she... We find out the Celestial Dragons had ordered the bridge built, but its purpose is actually it's not, unimportant. Uh, it's not it's, important. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting that the revolutionary guy says that. Yeah, I really am curious as to what the purpose is. I don't believe him. I, I want to know what what it was built. And they, when did they start building it? Like 300 years ago? Um, no, I think it was... Oh, yeah, you're right. No, no, the construction sites from 300 years ago. Right, right, The right. bridge, I think, was started 800 years ago. Probably right um, after the uh, void century. century. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but And, and then uh, later on, mm-hmm. this is why I want to talk about volume 61. I don't have the page, but I tweeted the, the images for this. Uh, you see the revolutionary ship, which has wings on it. Um, right. Which is very interesting. 
Um, does this, and again, One Piece Connection, please read the article. Um, I'm sorry to pimp it so much, but it's related to a lot of the things I'm bringing up. And, you know, a lot of what, Ed, you and I have discussed as well, are the revolutionaries related to the angel races who were probably mm. the enemy of the world government. And kind of like, is that, is that the connection there? That little tiny little detail Oda threw there. Uh, whenever I see wings in, in one piece, it like, it perks, it perks my ears up a little bit. Or Who knows, eyes. man? Who yeah. knows? Um, so let's talk about Sanji. Ed. Why don't you take care of this? Yeah. <laughs> Eva's back on, come on uh peachy Island, uh, Kamabaka queendom. Um, yeah, and they're showing, she's showing him the wanted posters, and he gets angry at Zoro's, and he's making googly eyes at Nami, and like, oh, that's, and he makes the regular face for Sniper King. He just won't admit it. He won't admit that this is his wanted poster. Yes, it's my name, but it's not me. Yeah. Yeah, you won't, I, I won't let you have it. Uh, even Koff and Sanji together, I love it, actually. Um, I'm a manly man who loves the ladies. Even, he actually says this. Yeah, I mean, because Sanji is just like, he's uh, almost overcompensating his machismo. Um, yeah, it doesn't get better for Sanji for a while. No, but I kind of like the combo of these two because, I mean, even Kof is st- strong as hell. Yeah. Um, and but the, in the later character. on, yeah, yeah the, in the later on part is that, um, you know, Sanji agrees to stay and he's challenging all the, uh, the Okama for their, uh, their recipes, their, the food, like the, the, the power of food, basically. That's what the Kamabaka queendom has. Now I, I love the transition from the first Sanji goes straight into dragons, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Cause the even cough is talking to dragon. Right. And they talk a little bit about Luffy's relationship to him and Garp. Um, we see a new <laughs> transponder snail. Yeah, uh, and uh, well, I like that the, the revolutionaries are like uh, my my subordinates are just relieved to know that I'm like an actual human being and basically not a robot. You know, <laughs> um, I'm not convinced yet. He acts so <laughs> he does not act like Luffy at all. Um, I like Dragon for the little we've seen him, but um, I, I you know I want to reserve judgment until we really see Dragon, which has not happened yet and probably won't happen anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, but and he says he's also going to convene executives from around the world to figure out what's going on now that Whitebeard has destabilized everything mm-hmm. uh, by dying. Um, and he also, and even Kof asked about Kuma, but we don't get the answer to that. We instead go and see the remaining member of the Straw Hats and what's happening to to him or her. Him? I think it's a him. Yeah. Uh, and that is uh, the Sunny, who is being protected by Duval, uh, I'm sorry, Handsome, and Shaki and and Hachi and the rest of them. But then Kuma shows up. Yeah, and whose side is he on? We'll find uh, out. Whose side is he on? Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> we, we see that... Um, now we go around the world. Yeah, basically. Vivi is the first one, and she's basically... She's confused by what she sees in the newspaper. Is it a fashion statement? Yeah. Um, um, we <laughs> also find out pirates are running amok a little bit in Alabasta, uh, which yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of Alabaster, we see Crocodile and Mr. One uh, deciding to go to the uh, New World again. They're like BFFs. They have they're like they're, they're each other's only friend. No, they're not BFFs. They're just their only. Yeah, you're right. They don't have any other friends. That's it. Uh, we're kind of similar. Let's just hang out. Um, then we see Buggy and his crew reunite with his new crew. Um, Richie is always just thinking of food. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
candies and yeah, yeah I forgot about uh, that. Gag. What's the, the, the okay, so we got onigiri, candy, and cake. Right. Yeah. Uh, good for Richie. But Buggy has a message. Also, just to note about Richie, remember the first time we saw him in Volume Three a couple months ago, and he was this ferocious, realistic-looking lion. It has not lasted. <laughs> no. Um, it looks more like Scar than Mufasa. So, yeah, Buggy gets a message, and Mr. Three reads it before he looks at it. It's from a bat. Yeah, and we've seen those uh, carrier bats. They're government bats. I mean, mm-hmm. he says that. It's pretty um, shocking. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get a little more shocking as we see the five elder stars, which we don't see often. And they have a lot to say here. Yeah. Um, Although, we, although you say that they never leave this room, and it says "Room of the Five Elders." <laughs> <laughs> am I right or am I right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people mention, uh, including Brian, who's been on a lot, that uh, the Gandhi one has the Katetsu, the original Katetsu. That is his. That is Brian's theory. I mean, I have shaped to... the same. It's shaped the same. It's got the same cross here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you happen to agree? I, I, sorry, I cut you off. I, I do. I mean, but it is. There's no confirmation on that. No. Yeah. Um, it also has nothing to do with what's going on. Uh, it kind of they kind of just go through the whole situation and how everything's destabilized, uh, and that Blackbeard took out one of the supernovas already, which we see in a second, um, and that who could be one of the four emperors, um, and also what's going. Yeah, on it's clearly it's pretty clearly going to be Blackbeard. That's yeah. going to be one of the four emperors. And what's going on with the letter D with Porkas and Luffy? It's becoming much too well known in recent years. Interesting. Mm. And it's with what we saw with Gold Roger uh, and his flashback about how the world government is calling him Gold Roger instead of Gold D Roger. Um, it seems like the government covers up Ds. The government covers up everything. Good point. Uh, speaking of things that the government has never shown us, Kong. Um, <laughs> this, this character was such a letdown. Uh, no, I said that he's a letdown. We don't know what the hell he did. He's just there. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll much. maybe we'll see him at the the final war because if you think about it, he never even showed up in this war. He's like, it, maybe it's too small stakes for him. Uh, to, so he just sends Sengoku instead. I mean, even you know, no matter who the new admiral may be, Kong is kind of the liaison between. He's the he's the head guy, really. Uh, mm-hmm. In the United States, he'd be president if he were elected, but uh, he's the commander-in-chief. Um, I'm curious about him. We haven't really seen anything about him. He also has a really cool room. With, but he's, uh, uh, yeah, but he's yeah. basically talking to Sengoku about his retirement plans. Like, he can't take this anymore. Well, Garp also retired, so... He's... But he wants them to stay stay on and train the next generation of Which pirates. Garp is also doing. Yeah. Uh, so the two of them could do that. Um, he recommends Aokiji for the next fleet admiral. Yeah. Um... And meanwhile, Aokiji's talking to Smoker, who is asking to transfer to G5 in the New World. And this um, is actually where you get the first hint of what Luffy did. The 16 rings, he says. Yeah. Um, this incident that Luffy called. And Kobe, meanwhile, has hockey. Observation. Montrocky, mm-hmm. as we will call it. Helmeppo is jealous. Helmeppo is jealous. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we, of course, get Exposition Brand New explaining to us everything that's going on. Um, yeah, he does that a lot, but that's brand new. I like that. That is brand new's job. That's what he does. He mm-hmm. explains shit. Um, and he goes bald. Um, but he explains like how Rayleigh and Luffy broke into Marineford when like they were out, like 
uh, Jinbei did, right? Jinbei and Jinbei, Luffy broke. Rayleigh, and Luffy. Three of they them. Yeah. yeah, they broke in while Marineford was being rebuilt, and there weren't hardly any soldiers there because the soldiers were out chasing other pirates and uh, rang this bell 16 times. And laid, a, laid flowers. Mm-hmm. And the press picked it up. So that picture mm-hmm. with something on his arm all through the newspapers. Um, did you have any idea what it... I, I don't think we guessed it. Uh, we noticed that was there, and I don't know. I can't remember if we read it right away. I, think I don't think we, we did. I don't think or we did. that we knew it right away, the 3D, 2Y, yeah. or what that stood for. I don't remember. Guys, listen to the podcast from back then. I don't remember. Yeah, but it's, a direct, it's a direct challenge to the Navy's power. Uh, and let's go around the world again and see. Uh, let's the, see, uh, let's see what the supernovas are doing. Yeah. Um, uh, where the fuck? Killer. Where the fuck are they? In the New World. Uh, in, God. Uh, but, what are those things? What do those look like? They look like stalagmites or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know. They're on Hard Rock Island. Um, yeah. Uh, but the killer, for some reason, explains what the ox bell is. Like, you're ringing eight times to give thanks for the past year and eight more to pray for the coming year. So Luffy is announcing his own era. But um, Considering his name's Killer, he talks a lot about things. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, an, it's a, interesting. And very out of character for Luffy, as it's mentioned later on. Kid uh, has res- kid, kid has a respect for Luffy. Kid also does not have any respect for the New World because he's apparently kicking some ass, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But uh, not not so for Capone Gang Beige Beige, beige. <laughs> who is sucked into a planet or something. We oh god, I wish I I want some explanation here. <laughs> Still no, most of these we do not have explanation for to this day. Um, meanwhile, Luffy is being poked and prodded at, um, and we get a little bit more of an explanation as to what is going on. But first, more supernovas. Basil Hawkins um, is he, the shadow of death is on Brownbeard now. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> he doesn't say that part. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and then we have Yerouge, uh or Rouge. I'm sorry. Uh, and the Lightning Island, I've mentioned this in uh, the Reverie segment, but it is the only time we see him frowning. Uh, Would you like an umbrella? And Brian's theory is that is because uh, of memories of Eneru here, mm-hmm. um, which I think makes a lot of sense since he is a Bilkin. Uh, let's go into volume 61. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the cover next week because um, there's a lot I do want to talk about with that. Um, but first, let's talk uh, about uh, the actual chapter and what Law is doing. Yeah. And he's not he, going anywhere. <laughs> yep. He's, he's taking it easy. There, All these other idiots are going to rush in, but I'm not going to be that guy. Speaking of idiots rushing in, actually, no. That's Scratchman or Pooh we could talk about if you want to talk about idiots rushing in. <laughs> he, he runs in midair. He's being chased by boars. That, that's, that's all that's happening. That's all that's happening. <laughs> Diaz Drake, meanwhile, is on one of Kaido's favorite islands. Um, so if I hurt, so if I kill you, Kaido's going to come after me. All right. Uh, Easy enough. Yeah. I, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go back to that in the referee. You introduce uh, all the Blackbeard pirates again. We already know these guys. I just introduced them. And hey, uh, for God's sake, Blackbeard learned to eat pizza. What are you, Donald Trump here? <laughs> uh, you're not orange enough. Uh, no. no. But uh, they have captured Bonnie and they're trying to trade her. To the Navy for a battleship because yeah, San Juan Wolf is just, San Juan Wolf is just complaining because he has to carry them all. Is that what's happening? 
No, like no, his feet are burning. Oh. I mean, he also um, wrecked the raft, I think. Well, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Bonnie's connection to the Marines and Akainu specifically seems. It's just confusing. But uh, yeah, Akainu, he takes Bonnie and scares off the Blackbeards. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. he's still he's that powerful. And well, Blackbeard's powerful, but I guess, yeah, I guess Akainu here is Sakazuki is much more powerful. Um, he's not ready for that yet. He says. And then in probably one of the more interesting scenes, we have Do Flamingo and Mystery Guy in Mary Joa in a world government office. Yeah. Uh, wearing a bowler hat. Wearing a bowler Some guy wearing a bowler hat. Um, talking about, talking to, about uh, Gekko Moria escaping, apparently. Apparently his shadow power allowed him to sneak out of there mm-hmm. and he's like can't you do your job right it's like look you're not my boss i could just quit anytime i want um you're not my real dad yeah and <laughs> that's when we kind of get the final push here uh and we've talked a lot about it and and i like how one thing i didn't talk about about all these vignettes are how they're interspersed with the first meeting mm, has, yes yes uh with them or not the first meeting but when they say to join the crew and and uh fight together the opening uh opening 13 14 14 14 um does such a great job with it and god i love that opening we talked I'm go about watch, that. i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go watch that when we're done yeah pr- probably me too um yeah. but I, I just want to mention i was just flipping through this i love that gorilla navy captain in uh frankie's thing anyway yeah <laughs> just, i love that design on him and then uh then we get the final little push here in the story and that is uh luffy's adventure in R- ruskina um mm-hmm. and actually this i mean that's that's kind of that's not really accurate because it's all just Rayleigh describing hockey for eight, eight pages. Well, it's going to be his adventure for the next two years. We just don't really see much of it. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to explain hockey to you guys. Um, you could you could read it and get a very good explanation. Um, it's very mm-hmm. necessary. And the way it's done, I like a lot. Um, so, I, I, I love this. I love this ending. Yeah. And all, I mean, all the crew is going to meet Luffy at Sabati, but... Jimbei is going back down to Fishman Island. That's where he wants to meet him in two years. Yeah. Um, makes sense. That makes sense. He's a fishman. And Fishman Island seems to be mm-hmm. the place to find fishmen. Luffy um, takes off his straw hat because he's not the pirate straw hat Luffy anymore for these two years. He's taking a break. It's not mm-hmm. that he's not that anymore. It's he's taking the straw hat uh, straw hat Luffy's taking a break for two years. And uh, that's, that's where we leave it off. That's the first half of One Piece. Um, it only took us three months. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it only took us two, two and a half months. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take you to read uh, <laughs> One Piece? Uh, well, what did what did you think of this uh, section first? Uh, I guess the part f- after Marineford through. It's uh, insane that they can take away all those characters that we love and everything that you think makes One Piece One Piece, but you find out that One Piece is actually something else. One Piece is about this whole world. And there's all these characters out there who are living their lives and having adventures, and they all participated in this massive world event. And you know the Straw Hats weren't necessarily important to it. It wasn't about them. It was about Luffy a little bit, but it was mostly about Whitebeard and Ace, and Luffy was a little tangential to the story. He isn't the hero of this. He isn't even the main character of this arc. And it's, you know, it, it's interesting to see that. 
that we changed what One Piece the story is and changed how the story is told, take away all these characters that we know and put all these characters who we thought were in the background and some that we didn't even know, they come in and what happens, you know, because it's built around this core of what we know and it, uh, it still manages to have that massive emotional impact, like the first time a character dies in One Piece. I think it... I think these... I mean, this saga really just puts everything into a new perspective what we talked about this week and what we talked about last week um it puts luffy into new perspective into a new perspective it gives him much needed you know tragedy to provide development um luffy's always going to be luffy i think that's that's clear but it puts him through a struggle and a trial that tests his limit and and frankly is something he just couldn't live up to um, and that's why he has to take these two years off. Um, and not really off, he's training vigorously for the next two years. Um, I'm really excited to talk about what's next. Uh, but before we do, do you want to go into the Reverie segment? All right. There's a lot to talk about in that. Uh, let's just see how much there is. Okay. This is the Reverie segment. Uh, Ed and I are still the only people here. Hey, Ed. <laughs> hey, Zach. Uh, so, Marineford, I mean, first off, this section has spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, please skip to the end. Um, now, with that out of the way, Marineford is kind of an arc that clearly is pivotal uh, to everything that happens afterward. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we could talk for days, I think, about, you know, how every little thing there impacts it. I mean, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you uh, as interesting foreshadowing that he did for future events? I mean, obviously, the the distant future has been foreshadowed. Well, Do- Doflamingo was highlighted so much during the war that it's, I mean, it was kind of, it kind of became obvious. I don't know if it was, ob- maybe not obvious, but it was hinted that he would basically be one of the first obstacles for Luffy in, in the new world. I think there was really a sense that, man, they're putting a lot of focus on this guy during this. We've hardly seen him before this. I, it, it, it just, you know, putting that in there, giving us his ideology of like the, you know, basically the strong make the rules. I thought the Paramount war was very interesting because mm-hmm. especially now that we've been in the new world since 2011, um, and it's kind of this intersection of the past, the present, and the future, which is kind of what I was talking about in the One Piece connection, but this is more actually, like, in the actual story. So we see the past, we see uh, old enemies like Crocodile, uh, Gecko Moria, um, others that I can't remember for some reason, but those two, I mean, are good good examples. We see present uh, people, we see people like Jimbei, uh, Hancock, which, recent past, uh, if anything, um... I mean, we also saw people like Mihawk and Smoker from the past. But we also mm-hmm. see people who will come up in the future and be important in the future. We see Akainu for the first time here. Doflamingo plays a very important role here, as you mentioned. Um, and probably a lot of people... I mean, we get lots of lots and lots of mentions of Kaido. Kaido, Kaido. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been... As we're recording this, he was just introduced last week in the manga for the first time. Uh, visually, at least. Uh, so... It's uh, really cool to see, you know, the how they've been laying things for that character this early on in the story. I mean, with Drake, uh, 
which we, I mean, we could talk about that now as well, but just to see the, all the Kaido stuff that had been laid forth and, and yet not knowing really yeah. anything about him. And like the fact that like Drake ends up being this guy, he has this really interesting backstory of his, what his father did and then what happened with him and law, which makes that, which draws that, um, that encounter they had on Sabaudi in the last uh, episode, uh, draw, draws that into sharp relief. And also just seeing, I mean, Law and Luffy's alliance later on is kind of uh, foreshadowed. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, Law saves his life. He sees everything Luffy went through. Um, he kind of was there for Luffy's crazy reactions as to everything. And it's interesting for two reasons. First, we know Law's tragic backstory. So he either was mm -hmm. sympathizing or saying, oh, come on, I could deal with that any day of the week. I, I went mm -hmm. through way worse. Um, Maybe Law knows more about the Bill of D than we're you know, giving him credit for. I think that's also the D, all, the D always brings a storm. And uh, well, that's yeah. what Corazon said, right? I think almost line yeah. for line. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um there were a couple other things, but is there anything else with the war that you want to talk about? I think more in general, it, it provides a lot of foreshadowing. Well, there's the, the, the bit about, like, um, Sengoku and Garp becoming, like, inspectors now. It's the whole changing of the guard where, you know, Sengoku recommends Aokiji, but they have this battle on Punk Hazard, and Akainu is the one who ends up becoming, you know, the fleet admiral. So we're seeing where the justice is going in this world from here and how, you know, Akainu was this guy who was crazed. He was going after, he wanted to take all the pirates' heads, him and Doberman. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to see, ah, that's who they're putting in charge. Uh, yeah. Later on, very soon we find that out. Um, Doflamingo's role in all this is also interesting. Um, we see for the first time the kind of sway he has in the government. And, it, you know, in retrospect, we probably sh that should have been a theory, uh, his potential celestial dragon roots. Mm -hmm. Um I want to mention two things in particular uh, with the flashback. On page 64 of volume 60, I don't know if you have it in front of you. No. Um, Sabo says, Ace in his letter, um, or no, no, not in his letter, to himself. Um, Ace Luffy, I hope you two are safe. I want to see you so bad. I feel like a bird in a cage here. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, so I think, two weeks ago was Sabo's adventure, um, which I know, Ed, you were just dying to say, Sabo's alive, which we were also yelling, to be honest, when the, we originally did the manga recaps for these. Um, but, and he said, I think they have a thought bubble, and he's like, it's just like I'm in a birdcage. And believe it or not, Oda wrote that here. And I doubt he had that in mind. Mm -hmm. Highly, highly, highly doubt he had that in mind. But it's interesting. It's interesting to note. Um yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. The flashback provides some very interesting stuff uh, in general, I think, to what may happen in the future, definitely with Dragon. I mean, we talked about this. I kind of want to... I accidentally spoiled, but I cut it out. Um, and I was talking about how Luffy's father figures were in the cover. But it's really Luffy and Sabo's father figures uh, in the in the cover because Dragon is Sabo's father figure mm -hmm. even though he's luffy's father um <laughs> right and Rayleigh is luffy's father figure i think this is very complicated to say uh and i guess i mean ace and Dadan also i mean Dadan was all of their mother figures so it's it's fine um and i i don't know do you feel any differently reading through this about sabo's you know eventual return 
you know, I, I don't know if I would do it any any other way, though. You know? It's, yeah. It, I mean, he obviously, we all thought he was alive. Anyone who's, we always shouted down anyone who said otherwise. <laughs> we were pretty obstinate about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think it changes anything for me. It, uh, he comes in right at the, at the point where you think he would. Yeah. I think that's, I was a little surprised, uh, as to when he came in. I don't think it's bad. Um, it's weird in retrospect, kind of just knowing for certain Sabo coming back and what he's been up to. Uh, I still don't know how much I love the amnesia thing. I still feel like that takes a little bit of it away from me. Um, I don't know. The, the way they fixed that it worked for me. or the, the the translation was lost. It was lost in translation. Okay. With, you know, the Sakazuki. Oh, I'm, no, I, I don't mind how he got it back. That was Steve. Steve cared okay. about how he got it. He thought that was clear. I just thought that in general... It kind of, I didn't. It wasn't the cliche of it either. It was just I think it kind of took a little bit of the impact from this flashback away uh, when he's talking to Dragon. You know that whole scene. It's like, ugh, he just he loses that all kind of. It's like he, I guess he doesn't lose the drive, but it feels like a lot of what he worked for kind of is gone if you don't have the memory of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it didn't ruin anything else, but it kind of ruined. How I felt about the. You want to talk about Blackbeard? Uh, what do you want to talk about Blackbeard? The fact yeah. that like he's working with Aokiji these days. Uh, it's it's interesting what happens to Aokiji now that he's been, well, seemingly cast out from the Marines. There's people who still think that he's on an undercover mission with, you know, spying on Blackbeard. But uh, I think there's a lot in that regard to talk about next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. when we kind of hear more about what happened with Aokiji. Um. I don't, I don't know, and we talked about this on the manga recap. I'm a little suspicious. It's as clear cut as oh, Aokiji's just working with Blackbeard mm-hmm. now. I think it's a little less clear cut than that. Yeah, um, we'll find out. Maybe yeah. Blackbeard's not as bad a guy as we think. I doubt it, but no, he's like the opposite of Luffy. They're de- they declared themselves like they're, uh, they're they have competing eras going on here. That's true, but. Might be a mutual enemy too of the world government. I mean, that's also possible. I we'll see. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't really think he's a good guy, but I don't. He, there's a possibility. No, there isn't really. He's got no. There is guy. a possibility because, like you know, Rayleigh says you might come to a different conclusion. Well, what does teach after? We don't know. Yeah, we don't really know. That's the thing with a lot of these people. We know what Akainu is after. Uh, justice. Yeah. Justice. Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, I think we touched on most of the things I wanted to go through. I, there's just so this this stuff is really dense, and mm-hmm. uh, I apologize if we were kind of all over the place this episode and and for this segment. But uh, there's just so much. Don't apologize. The, other, the only other way to do it, it would have taken eight hours. And I think this itself probably took almost three. So yeah, why don't we round this off? Okay. That's it for the 11th episode of the One Piece read-through covering a lot of volume 56 through a lot of volume 61. Um, Not really. It was like two chapters in 56 and three in 61, so... Okay, that's true, that's true. Um, So next week we're going to go... We're going to take two years off, actually. 
Uh, we'll come back. <laughs> really? Tw- we're going to come back in 27. No. Uh, <laughs> that would be an interesting way to do this, though, if we just read through the whole thing in one shot and then took two years and then read the rest. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to be back next week uh, to talk about uh, the remainder of the time skip stuff. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. The return to s- the archipelago that must not be named. Um, it'll be the rest of volume 61 through 66 um most a a bunch of 66 not the whole 66 so we're gonna do the return and fishman island uh we're gonna have brian newton on with us next week uh this is one i've actually really been looking forward to rereading i have not looked or touched this material since it aired in 2011 and 12 or was published in 2011 12 i don't know about you ed it's going to be put in a whole new perspective for me. I haven't gone back to this material since I read through it. Or I, I watched it in the anime, which made it worse, I think. Yeah. Uh, the anime somehow makes that arc. I remember not I remember not enjoying this very much when I was reading it on a weekly basis. But I think the anime also soured me a little bit. Well, let me more. put it this way. I think my opinions of arcs have changed because I've read through it, marathon through it like this. Um, so it's possible. I, I'm going in with a very open mind with Fisher mm-hmm. Island. Um, I, this is Brian, one of Brian's favorite, I think. So I'm, I'm, ver- I'm super, uh, excited to hear what he has to say. Um, and don't be discouraged just because you don't like it. Uh, I think that'll make it actually a much more interesting discussion. Uh, so please tune in again. That's volume 61, the remainder of it through 66. Uh, that's going to be on August 13th. Uh, and then we're going to get into some much more recent stuff after that. We're almost done here, uh, if you could believe it. Um, wow. We're going we're gonna to try, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we've had people ask um, to do Dress Rosa in one shot. But the way we might do it is we might, <laughs> not, to, not to hear how the sausage is made too much, but we might record it as kind of one thing, but split it up into two, which might be necessary. I don't think we're going to, recap it kind of like how we've been doing just because it's so recent we might kind of just that the alternative would be just kind of giving our thoughts about it and and certain scenes that stuck out um because we kind of just did that uh we've been talking about trust rosa for i'm gonna say two and a half years now pretty much straight so i i I don't know what we're gonna quite do with that yet but i'll I'll let you guys know as soon as i figure that part out uh so again next week fishman island with brian newton tune in uh, Ed, how could the good people out there contact us? Well, Zach, you're Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I'm Edward E. Festizio. The podcast is at onepiecepodcast.com, twitter.com, youtube.com, and facebook.com slash onepiecepodcast, onepiecepodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures, onepiecepodcast at gmail.com is our email address, onepiecepodcast, that's one word, on our, is our Skype name. Subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on SoundCloud, or subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, or call us on our phone number. Zach? Ed, that phone number is 347-497-MAJI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. Huge thanks to Miles Thomas from Crunchyroll. Uh, please uh, follow him on Twitter. We'll put the link in the description. Isn't it Miles Express 999 Thank you for having that at the top of your head. Yes. No, I just, I just I like the handle, so I remember it's, it. It is great. Um, I thought it was. I just didn't want to say it because I wasn't 100% sure um yeah 
uh, please check out uh, the Crunchycast and, and all the work he does. Uh, also, since we had a member from Crunchyroll on, we have our special promotion that's still open. Uh, go to crunchyroll.com slash Podcast and get it 30 days free at Crunchyroll. You could do that today. Uh, sign up. It's a great service, and it's all of One Piece in HD. That's really all you need to say there. Uh, as soon as it comes out in Japan... Uh, plus the entire backlog of the 700 uh, plus episodes that are out now. Uh, so dive into that. Uh, we're almost done here, Ed. Uh, yep. I yep. can't believe it. We're, we're getting close to the end. Thank you all for stay uh, staying with us for these super long episodes. I'm hoping they get a little shorter now that we're getting to some uh, some less complicated material. I don't know quite how to put that. Uh, so uh, for the One Piece podcast, everyone, my name is Zach. And my name is Ed. We'll see you next time, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.